What's going on, my BMX nerd friends? Welcome back to another episode of Canode Knows, brought to you by Dig BMX. This week on the show, we got Joris Coulomb, a BMX professional rider from France. He's on Shadow, Sparky's, wow, Shadow, Sparky's, <laughs> Shadow and Sabrosa, and uh, he's got his own clothing company called Swasti. We get into that. He's uh, part of uh, the Hare, Hare Krishna movement, Bhagav- Bhagavat Kita is the book that we I couldn't pronounce for half of this episode, but I had a really good time. I've known Juries for a long time. He came out to Arizona, you know, 12, 13 years ago, and we met for the first time, and uh, we've been friends ever since. And during my time working with Sabrosa, been on, he was on almost all of the trips that I got to go on. So love this man, love this conversation. We got into it much more than just BMX in this episode, a lot of mindset and, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into it, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notifications. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review, share the show with a friend, and leave a comment of who you'd like to see on one of the future episodes. <clears throat> now that I got that shit out of the way, let's get into it. Here's Jerice. Jerice Colomb. That, that's not how you say it. Jerice Colomb. Good morning, Jerice Colomb. Good morning, Bobby. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> good, good. Where are you? Um, Miami. Downtown Miami, pretty much. How long have you been there? For a month now, over a month. Hell yeah. yeah just on a whim. On a whim? Started, just yeah. to what was the reason? Well, there was a there was different reasons this time. I always wanted to come to Swamp Fest first, but um driving all the way from California sounded like a lot for the for a weekend and everything, but uh, this time I wanted I wanted to meet this girl that lives here that we've been talking to, that I've been talking to, and just I was supposed to come stay a month at first and make it a whole like big trip, but now just been a swamp fest and hell month, yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. dope. So you yeah. did go to swamp fest, yeah, yeah, last weekend it was my first one, first one ever, yeah. Somehow, what do you think? Pretty much what I expected, what I thought it was gonna be, but wow, it's definitely wild. <laughs> Tell me about it, man. I've but never I feel been. Like this year was like legitly like the start is getting is getting to a point where it's like look like a, I don't know real event. I think I saw the X like... Games were covering it some some somehow. Nice. Yeah, there was and... people from the X Games just posting about it. Yeah, I saw little glimpses of like the. I don't know the officialness of it, like directions and the gates open at this time and all that shit. Like, I, I don't know what, what was the whole, like, tell me about day one of Swamp Fest for those of us who couldn't go. I, I mean, what's Oof. the, what happens on day one? Give me a little recap. Day one, when did I get there? Yeah. Friday morning, early open, open at 11. And it was kind of like out there. You had to drive like an hour out of uh, Orlando. It's just and in the middle of nowhere, yeah? Middle of nowhere, yeah. But it's like the easiest, pretty much. Just that gate, huge swamp fest sign, and drive in $60 each. But it's pretty fair for like camping, everything, just riding, and just support. You know, even didn't feel bad at all. Yeah. And super easy, just wristband, you park wherever you want, and then, you know, it's it's all right there. Like, yeah, everyone was already pretty much there. It was already yeah, going on, like, kind of crazy. What's uh? What was the first shit that you saw? Um, what was it? Oh yeah, I was like trying to uh, call Ronnie. Just cause he said like uh, they like pay for some or whatever they arrange like a camp camping camping site or whatever. 
Yeah. I was going to call him, and as soon as I pulled in, Ronnie was there. Nice. I met Ronnie, and then easily just went to, like, their camp. And then, yeah, and just, yeah, pretty much just went straight to the to the park. Did you and get some riding cool. in? I, it yeah, looks like sure. there, there was, was a bunch a of, of different shit to ride this time. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like it was there was more wood than mud this time, or you know, the decent amount of like because I had more skaters too, so I feel like they had to make it skatable. So yeah, which is dope. It was, it was pretty nice. Yeah, that I don't think that's, was like that's super new. Nice. That the having skaters involved is a new thing yeah. this year, no? Yeah, cement bowl. Yeah, dude, cement. I saw them. I saw like a story of them bringing in like a cement truck, and I was like, "What, dude? Yeah, that's next level. It's official." Yeah. What was your favorite thing to ride out of everything that was there? I mean, I saw the castle, I, I saw in, the rail. What was your favorite thing? The giant vert wall. Giant vert wall. With all the stuff in it. it was, yeah, it was so sick. Yeah, that's dope. It's like dodge, yeah. That's kind of cool. And the kink rail for sure. The castle, though, was like pretty cool to ride, too. Just yeah. Jumping over the water. Did you, uh, so did you get any clips? Yeah, I got a few clips the first day. And then second day, it was like mayhem, you know, like all the... The different contests and like uh yeah it was kind of hard to like get uh get in there yeah i want to see it did but, you post anything from it yeah i posted a couple of clips oh yeah with, there's right wall. in the vert well yeah i remember seeing this and you hit the bucket and, with and, your bar span dude that yeah sick. that was accident at first and then i tried to recreate it or do it on purpose that's fire <clears throat> yeah that's pretty cool that you got to run into boss man right away where did you end up like sleeping did you hang out with ronnie and them or yeah i was right there but ended up yeah i was just sleeping in the car sleeping in the but car barely, yeah seats are going like perfectly vertical sick but we didn't really set that much like by the time we we're going to bed like sun was about like coming up and then everyone gets up like kind of early anyway so, like, camping style so for two days it was like just a marathon. Like 40, 48 hours of it felt like 24 hours. You know? Yeah. No shower. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I have mixed feelings. I'm like, that looks like just being there would be fun. But at the end of the day, I don't want to sleep in my car. I want to go get a hotel room or some shit. I'm sure some people yeah, did it that but way. It, yeah, it's too far. Yeah, it's a trek. No, but if you think I'm like, it was my first time. I didn't think about you know, like recommendations or anything. I should have like them buy a 10 maybe or something like a cooler or like yeah. maybe next year I'll, I'll come all prepared, but I kind of just came like drop, drop there and that's, that was it. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't get rained out like it did uh, last year. Yeah. It got rained out. That sucks. Um, yeah, it's perfect weather. So that sounds cool. Swamp Fest was cool. I mean, I've, I've, I think everybody's seen all the highlights yeah. and stuff on Instagram. So it, another one has come and gone. Shout out to Trey mm -hmm. for putting that shit on. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to put on. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, it's Definitely. good. Like It's so crazy because, like you said, like people drive from all over the country to this mm -hmm. 48-hour festival, which is yeah. wild. And then, dude, the, yeah. the crazy-ass people jumping off the top and belly flopping into that, what I imagine is not that deep of a puddle. Like, Yeah, I think they made it deeper somehow. That was like probably the deepest corner. Yeah. But... Wow. Just yeah, I think it was a skater. Someone, yeah, so someone replied to my story. They knew, they knew the guy. It's like a skater. I can't remember the name, but it's crazy, insane. Yeah, that's not so. I I remember oh. one of my favorite things that I've ever seen was Denim jumping off of a moving tractor or whatever the big big machine was a couple one year ago, two years ago. I forget what year it was, but mm -hmm. Denim usually ends up in the highlight reels uh, of yeah. that. 
Venom Cox is crazy boy for him. Yeah. Who did? Who do you think? Like, I don't think there's a winner of Swamp Fest, but if you were, uh, who went in the hardest? Who did you see doing the most? Mm, I'll say Reed, Corey, Walsh, but luckily, unfortunately, sorry, like he, like he, he broke his teeth, or he felt pretty bad in the ball, but he was kind of killing it, and then. Damn, Corey got hurt. There was a lot of random people too, like, um, Grant, yeah, were pretty good. Grant, you be, yeah, you yeah, be. Um, yeah, I know Garrett was there somehow. He appeared like on Sunday too, but he wrote a little bit after the after the thing kind of. That's dope. That was sick. Yeah, just came out. Yeah, but I feel like they probably made a trip out of it to you know ride Florida elsewhere afterwards or whatever just go yeah yeah go filming um mm-hmm. okay so then you, you get back to miami i don't and are you you obviously brought your your bike and you're hanging out there are you linking up with anybody in miami while you're there do you, i know um, that i haven't I just know that keandre that's it yeah there's there's not that many people in the city actually it's kind of crazy yeah there, there was a, a jam like uh two week like the weekend before sometimes and everyone has like they were like from at a time like an hour away or damn there's not that many people should that's interesting but, but Miami seems like it should of, have more people yeah yeah, yeah. No, I'm like well, where is everyone but I know a few, few people because of Sparky's Jam like you know like the people from Miami or from around here would come up to Sparky's Jam like when, yeah that's kind of cool but I'm like in the exploring phase so I don't need anyone I'm just going like a random direction just pedaling that's so sick city, you know exploring so that's sick. the best. That's yeah. I think I was just telling, I was talking to Johnny yesterday about how that's probably the our favorite part of the whole process is just like exploring a new city and fresh city. Yeah. yeah, and I when I go here, here, like fresh bike, straight out of Sparky's in a fresh city, I was like, wow, hell yeah! It's like, it's like a restart dream. on a video game, just brand new. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. New level. Tell me about this new bike. Uh, I mean, so people who don't know, Sparky's is the distro for Shadow and Sabrosa, and they're based in Florida. Um, and shit, how long have you been riding for Sparky's at this point? Mm, I feel like it's going it's to be 10 years, like this year or next year. It's like a long that. time, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a long time already. Tell us, uh, tell us about your current new bike setup. Well, it's exactly the same as the one I had before, the orange one, but... Um... Still with the new bars, for sample. Still waiting on a second series of sample. And um, are they your signature bars? Yeah. Sick. It's what like are they um, called? Um, it's gonna be the, with the series on bars, bars. You know. Dope. Yeah. No, but it felt great. And uh, I kind of did the exact colorway that I had like uh, two bikes ago. I just like, <laughs> I loved it so much. I was like, I'm just just gonna do the exact same what I had before the orange frame. But yeah. What same, is that colorway? Just chrome bars, purple stem, and black and green. You know, I love that. Green stickers. Yeah. The purple and the chrome go super well, and the green from the stickers. For real. I remember yeah. being younger and seeing, I think it was Chase D who had a purple stem and either black or chrome bars and a black frame. And I was like, that's so mm-hmm. good. Just like the little yeah. flash of purple on the stem mm-hmm. is it's a nice yeah. touch. Yeah. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, just random question. What do you think is your favorite part of yours? Like, what are you most proud of as far as like your signature parts? Ohm is such a dope name, first of all, but like, which, what do you think is your, 
It's kind of hard because I love them all. I would say yeah. the frame or even the bars now, but actually it's just because I think the grips, the Maya grips, like, I think it's just too perfect. Sick. Hell yeah. I've never, yeah. never touched them, the Maya grips. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I yelled at Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's dope. I feel like bees made it. It's, it's like bees made it, is that what you said? Yeah, it feels like yeah. bees made it. That's beautiful. <laughs> 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 They're just full of honey and love. Mm -hmm. um, where did yeah. the name Maya come from? Um, well, it was kind of funny because there's a cartoon. It's like Maya, the bee, or with the bee or something. Like, you know? Really? So maybe a French thing. Yeah. Or maybe it's called different in English, but... But actually, it's from the my, my idea. It, was the, it comes from the Sanskrit, the illusion, and that cube or that pattern. It kind of gives a trippy effect where it could be like the cubes can be like standing out or inside. So it's oh, something, yeah. sometimes you just draw it, plays with your vision. Uh, my, yeah. And yeah, it does look like a, a honeycomb. It looks like bees made mm -hmm. it. Boom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're looking good, dude. I, sh I should get some of those. <laughs> I, uh, I've been rocking the ODIs lately. Just that rubber, dude, is really good. Oh yeah. And uh, but not to not to say your grips aren't good. I'm sure they're plenty good. Oh, Shit. It's so it's flavors, you know. Any uh, any new discoveries in Miami? Pedaling around, finding spots. I remember yeah. it being pretty fun to pedal around. There's like a couple of really famous spots. Um, yeah. Any anything that are you working on like a project at all? Well, I wasn't, but now that I'm here, yeah, I'm definitely trying to work on something. And I have, I have a camera now, so I mean, a Sparky's camera, they, they lend it to me, so it's hard to work on some stuff, but I just need like someone to ride with and to film. And stuff. Yeah, dude, it's hard. But, it's hard to film yourself, especially with a nice yeah. camera and shit. Like you can do it yeah. on a tripod. No, but, but at least I could just bring it and ride with people and I could like hand the camera and like, uh, yeah, or find someone like a legit like filmer that's around. But just yeah, just go here. So I'm getting to. To that. I, I bet you can find like a skate filmer down there and also maybe, yeah maybe link up with them that'd be cool yeah what camera did they lend you um it was a panasonic i think like h one of them yeah hvx or something like that yeah sick they're like yeah there's like a lot that look exactly the same with a fish eye? I barely, I, no there's no fish yeah no fish only long I would have to provide yeah yeah that's maybe all good ones yeah there's some really good videos that are out that are all long ones. Like you don't necessarily need a fisheye to yeah. make it make a good video. Um, yeah, exactly. And you've been making videos on your own for a hot minute now. Like it, you're kind of yeah. the, the one man army. You go out and wherever you are, you get get shit done. <laughs> Tripod. Yeah. You were um, you were it. on the grind with uh, Patreon for a while. Let's mm -hmm. how, how did how did or is Patreon going? I think I'm still subscribed to you if it still exists. Yeah. I feel um, like there's still a couple of few subscribers because I didn't close it, but it's just so hard to entertain like everything at the same time, like Instagram and Patreon and all of it. Plus promoting Patreon and Instagram is like, you can do it. Like they can, yeah, they, they suppress know, like, it, huh? They suppress it. Like, yeah. And then it, they end up suppressing your account. So I didn't want it to affect my account in general, which I think it did. Yeah. You know, Cause I've tried and now I feel like that. Yeah. It's weird. That's whack. Well, yeah. I mean, they got to do what they got to do, I guess, but yeah, we don't like that. I had to make a decision. Like, what was it? What was it like when you first started your Patreon? Did you get people hating on you, calling you, like what? No, actually, what I remember reaction? is just like no. What I remember is just people like, huh, like interested, like how does it work, or I've been thinking about it. You know, like I was actually just trying when people were thinking about it. I remember Trey and uh, 
Joni Rakes and like, you know, just a few, few people actually asking me about how it worked or what was it? Yeah. Maybe we talked about it and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, we totally did. Cause I was yeah. thinking about it for, I forget what exactly, maybe the podcast or something, but um, mm -hmm. what was, I mean, for people who don't know, what's it like trying to start a Patreon and grow a Patreon and what type of shit did you put on your Patreon? Um, it's really about like thinking, thinking everything ahead. Like usually I, I have Instagram, like it's so spontaneous, whatever I got today, I post it tomorrow. I'm like, I don't have any planning on posting and everything, but then for that, you kind of have to start like planning. Yeah. And there's a lot more that goes into it, which could be like a, a lot to do for, for a lot of people, but it's not that hard even. And I would only, I would post like just reviews of like maybe a clip that's going to be in a video like a like a single or just like me trying instead of like posting clips on instagram for like 10 seconds like the whole the whole session so people could get like for 10 minutes like me trying something you know some yeah i know when i was a kid if i cared about like a writer or whatever i would want to see him like try something like see how we, i don't know yeah just a little stuff that would, would be sitting on my phone content that would like i don't know either i know and those place for instagram or stuff in general yeah that's a great idea just posting yeah. like the raw on patreon that's dope yeah um, cool. that made me think of so like the other thing that you had going on or still have going on is swasti um mm -hmm. tell me how tell me what that is how it started and how it's going well i started at first uh because i was following the krishna consciousness movement you know like the hindu um culture with the mantras and stuff so i just want i just felt like printing stickers and I was like doing those like round stickers that I was like giving out to everyone. And then at some point people were asking for, for the stickers kind of like, uh, or they wanted to buy them. I was like, no, I'm just giving them for free. I'm like, I'm gonna... I want to buy them, I want to buy more or whatever. It's like, yeah. So I came up with the name. I was like, oh, I might just make a stickers comp sticker company or just sell them like that. That's where stickers came out. Cause it sounded like swastika, but like stickers. Swastika. Yeah. But then I was like later, I'm not going to do, I don't, don't want to just do stickers. I want to do shirt maybe. So I shrunk it to like Swasti, which is also like a, a word, like whatever. And what does it mean? It started. Um, it means kind of like, uh, may it all be good. Like Sue is like purity and Sti is like, it's like, it's all good or may it all be good. It's like a, usually oh. like the, the first part of a mantra, Om Swasti, and it will like the whole sentence. And you start Om oh, Swasti. Oh. I like that. So yeah, it's kind of like auspicious kind of word. So but... Started with stickers and then what was, uh, what was next? And then started doing more like Photoshop stuff on my phone, just really out of my phone, really. What I used the most, but out of his best, uh, out of whatever I could do with my phone, I would do it. Yeah. On there. And then started making like shirt design. And then at some point, I got like uh, Illustrator because I was like, you got to make big, bigger designs. Yeah. On your phone, you're doing Illustrator? It was like, yeah, some kind of Photoshop on my phone. Sick. And I was using different, yeah. a few different apps that would make it like, the end result was like kind of close to what you would do on a computer. Dude, that's this incredible. resolution was like, yeah. yeah. And then even when I had Illustrator, I, I wasn't switching because it was like opening Illustrator. It looked like I, I couldn't do it. There was so much stuff to like learn. Yeah. It took me like months to like actually finally start like switching. Yeah. And then yeah, just more shirts. And then a lot of people like in that in that bucket of people that like uh, everyone kind of kind of really liked it. And then I started doing these like memes or whatever I was using like other brands name and like spiritualizing it making it like sound like a 
like the polo shirt or maybe polo or just like a thrasher shirt. It's just Ari Ball. Yeah. You know, like switching it into like um, spiritual consciousness or whatever. That's dope. And then that was actually, people really like, so I ended up like just hmm, like I went with that for, I've been going with that for a little bit. How did it work? Because I'm, I am interested in like, I want to produce some t-shirts and sell them, but I'm yeah. not even sure where, I know I've done it in the past, but it was through the help of somebody. So like how, what was your actual process of, you know, finding a shirt producer? Did you, did you do it drop shipping style to where it's made yeah. per, per order? Or did yeah. you just order a batch of them and hope you can sell them? And what do you think is the best way to do that? I did a little bit of both. I started definitely with just buying shirts like at a low cost. But you have to like, yeah, so many per size per, I'd like three design at first. And then, you know, all the sizes by 20. And by now I'm, I'm sure there's still like about, there's so many shirts at my mom's house and friends like that didn't sell, you know, like so it was our part. And it was like a lot of money to, to, to front and you have to stock it somewhere, you have to storage. Yeah. So then I look into like the, yeah, the print on demand system, which is actually pretty nice because um, it's the, the the minimum price when you buy the shirt is everything's kind of like it's more expensive than even like the after print and stuff like that for but print on demand to, it's more expensive yeah yeah like a shirt would be six dollars instead of like you that for three yeah other places and then it's like yeah a lot more cost but you don't have to go to you pay for to go to like post mail them at the post office and stuff like that you don't have to do there's no labor so like dude that's uh, fire that costs money <laughs> tell me what the name of this uh of your print well i guess you can tell me off the air if you want but what can you tell me right now what the <laughs> no print, i could do it like i think it's one, of, it's one of the main yeah if you type print on demand that would be from pretty much the one of the first one i come up uh when i use was printify Spin, like say printify. it again printify got it and then there's another one it's like uh print something also but you'll see there's like the two major ones yeah I had both at, at some point just to test them and then yeah, I went with Printify. It was a little easier. That's interesting. I love it. Yeah. I'm I'm and I'm gonna do that. Yeah, it's kinda nice because even if you get an order in Europe, you can select a printer that's in Europe. So then you pay less uh, uh mail packages. How dope. Yeah, yeah. That's great, dude. Yeah, access to like different kind of printers. What would you say is the biggest um hit that you had when you were doing the um knocking off major brands and oh, yeah. turning them spiritually what, what what was the most popular one hmm probably there's the hare the dare thing the dare the taking oh, kids like, of drugs or whatever yeah drug abuse like, resistance education yeah. that one and the polo one also the thrasher definitely there's a few the nasa what's the website Oh, the website okay. is down there yeah, because uh, that's what I was going to say. I had to like, put everything on hold for like a year now. I haven't sold anything. Ah, oh, uh, shit. Yeah. It was a, uh, yeah, I had to like, now I have to like register the business. Like actually, I was Maybe. doing a dual LLC and stuff like that because Etsy starting to ask all the very actual numbers, license. Yeah. And stuff. Like your employer identification number and yeah. all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of money you make, like they don't care, but like it was making a certain amount that now they started to care. And they were like, yeah. they, wanted, they wanted to close the account. So I was like, I'm closing the account before. Before you get before you gonna, No, I'm quitting yeah. before you can I'm fire quitting. me. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'm about, yeah, I'm about, I want to reopen it pretty soon. 
sick. I'm excited for that. I'll buy I'll buy a shirt or a sweater or have whatever your girl mm-hmm. bought that uh that that they love yeah. so much. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's go back. To, I I do want to talk about like your origins and shit. So let's it's mm-hmm. we kind of touched on what's going on now, but I remember Jaris Cologne from France on Nike 6.0 and short hair and uh just doing park stuff like tail whips and Mm -hmm. you were a park rider at the beginning which is kind of interesting to look back on um yeah tell me about you know the i think we all have a similar story on how we got into riding but what were the early years of riding for you like and uh yeah how did it progress shit just tell me tell me your Mm -hmm. bmx life story if you will well we started in a very small town you know nico Bade, remember yeah from french yeah. Like yep. little this little town it was like right there and but yeah like we were, back then it was more like overall like it was just bmx really so we we would do street park and dirt just the same amount actually street was the less the least we would do but but i started at the trails it was like Sick. um this little trail that people were building in, in, in my old town that was like perfect like in the middle of the woods and then, and everything I had to find it by myself and i just ended up going there we'll build like our our stuff kind of and then later i started going to the skate park and stuff like that nice and buddy was there it was like a, a few people actually uh, at the time like probably yeah, 10 15 riders were you just time. doing this kind of blindly or did anything like spark the motivation? Like everybody kind of has their video that they saw that they're like, Oh, I want to do that. Or maybe a local dude that you saw shredding that you were like, Oh, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like what, what was your you know, well, the ins- moment inspiration where, at the beginning? Yeah. It was when uh, I was skating before that. And I always felt like I was skating. Like it was like felt alone kind of even like, and I wasn't going to the skate park yet, but it felt like kind of lonely. You know, it's actually just getting kind of close to my house, a little plaza, like just a two stair, whatever. I love a good two stair. A, a group, <laughs> a group of like bike BMX riders, bikers, just came in in the plaza and they started like jumping around, like like uh, you know, like all over the place. But it looked like they were together, like uh, it was a choreography or something like that. And I was like, Same. huh. I'm like here by myself, just trying to like. It looked cool. It was attractive the fact that they were together. You know, it was like a harmony you know, or just like, yeah synergy. I was like, damn, I want to do that. And it was pretty much it was like thirteen, yeah, twelve, thirteen. Dope. Yeah. Do you remember and your first bike? Yeah, I ended up having two because my parents were divorced and it was like this all oh, issue. Right? <laughs> like, I'm getting them people. a bike. No, I'm getting them a bike. <laughs> yeah. I had it with the people and then uh in a harrow at the same time. Sick. I kinda went with the with the people. So good, good choice. Mm-hmm. So then you're riding yeah. trails with uh, Nico. How did you meet Nico? He used to eat at the trails. He used to, he was living right by there. Oh, so it was just there. One of the kids took us like a while to like uh, start talking and stuff like that, but like becoming like friends. Like it, it was a little later. I'm picturing wow. you know you're 14 years old and you're riding trails, just kind of jumping over little jumps. Is that you know accurate? Is that what's the I just saw a clip of Brant Moore asking a bunch of people had what what was the first trick they learned. What was the first trick you learned? I think it was accepts uh, and no footers, and I remember trying no foot accept at the same time. Sick. And then, but then the the first very first summer, they ended up building like some kind of a, a pump it at the trails. 
Oh, no shit. So I was already, I was already trying to loops and stuff like that. I remember rolling my ankle because I was starting a 360 whip, but I landed it <laughs> off next, off the, not in the foam. Oh, no. <laughs> and I rolled my ankle. <laughs> it was tiny, you know. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Just hucking 360 whips at 14 years old. That's fire. Yeah, for real. Did you ever get in? I, I feel like you totally did 360 whips and you've done them, you've done them before. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then yeah, after, done 360 after that, double dips. really, that's crazy. Well, at least one. Yeah. That's awesome. Double whips like that. Were you rocking a gyro and brakes and all that back then? Yeah. Sick. Definitely. I kind of did everything. Pegless, all the pegs, two pegs, gyro, the one cable, the, just a straight cable. The whole shebang. Yeah. yeah. Low um, seat, high seat. Yeah. What do you what do you think about the low seat, high seat? What's your what are you rocking right now? Medium seat? Kind of medium. Higher than lower for sure. Yeah. But I don't like it too low, too high. Either way, but I'm seeing a trend of a lot of people running the high seat now and I'm like, high damn. Seat, yeah. I it's cool. It looks for, for tail whips. Yeah. I mean, well, I can't relate to tail whips at all, but I just don't like it being in the way. Like I was rocking a medium seat for a while and I just recently put it back down to slammed yeah. and hang fives feel better again. And just like spinning feels better. It just feels it's less out of the way or it's less in the mm. way, you know? Yeah. Going but I just saw Yumi, Yumi recently doing a, you know, Yumi from Japan. Yeah. Doing a Dude, hop whip. His seat recently. is very high. Yeah. And the, I don't know if it does a hop whip, like just like it's not there. <laughs> so wild you gotta so lift up extra high to get over that seat yeah. all right let's go back to the you're in france and jumping dirt maybe going to the skate park and it's just like a hobby at this point was there ever a moment where you're like uh i want to try and make something out of this and what was your mm. first taste of maybe a trip or a sponsor what happens in your early in your bmx career well, it kind of started taking off. I mean, it wasn't really like I had no objective, really. Like I didn't set like a certain goal or like I wasn't really going anywhere. But I could tell like very quick, like it was just, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just like so like into like doing it. That by the time I was 16, I was I got proper and I had like some bikes. And then, yeah. And then by <clears> 17, then the following year, that's when 6.0 came around and uh, and they put me on the pro team like pretty much right away. So How did that happen? Ooh. Tell me about that. Nike getting on pro team. I guess the the team manager was like uh, the team manager for Ethnies before 6.0. And he was already like looking at me from like different little contests in France. And, so you're uh, traveling and he, around doing contests? Yeah, con yeah, contests in France. So. And he, he was looking at me and then he became the team manager for Nike. So it was I was I would have been on Ethnies probably, but then becoming like hired on Nike. So. And um, and there was a this contest in Germany that one year, the Worlds, remember, or the Masters, but they yeah. kept changing the names. It was one of those, and I was like, I entered in pro, and I ended up like twelve or no thirteen for qualifiers, and they, they were qualifying twelve people. Ah, oh, shit! And just almost made it. Yeah. But somehow Mark Webb hurt his foot or hurt himself like during qualifiers, so he couldn't ride, and boom, I was in the finals. Damn. Joko and in the finals. I, I, wrote, I wrote even better and ended up getting ninth nine space or something like that. I remember like double tail whips, 540 over the spine, like just like three Fuck techno yeah. handers. And that's pretty much after this contest because he was there, that team manager or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, he contacted me right after. And then he came from Paris down to like meet, meet my parents down like south of France and stuff to sign Sick. a contract. 
What was that like? Pretty crazy. Because you're underage, so you have to have the parents sign. And... Yeah, exactly. Were, you, were yeah. they proud of you? Like, they're like, yeah, what? they were pretty impressed. Yeah, Nike. And you came right down for down from Paris just for that. Also, like, kind of crazy. Yeah, that's special, man. That's that's an yeah. awesome memory. Mm. That's cool for sure. Um, sticking on the Nike tip, like it, it was a couple of years. I I imagine at least. What What's your favorite memory from doing projects with Nike, and kind of what was it like in its heyday? I know they came in and they did a bunch of cool shit. Like the I remember the pool was a Nike thing that they did. Um, yeah, the tunnel jam. Yeah, yeah the like, tunnel. Like that. The con. The what was it? Standby. Remember that video contest yeah like there were different teams by countries like there was like pretty much one thing a thing every year like and it, it lasted for 11 years actually it was like a good trip. 11 years yeah like, i was on the team for 11 years wow yeah and then yeah crazy what's but, your favorite what what pops into your head is your favorite memory with uh nike probably probably the standby standby thing or all those events like the pool was cool but i think standby was kind of sick because they they got they had apartments with like uh all the teams like all the different like in the same building sort of like door to door kind of it's kind of yeah who made your guys's video was it peter adam uh no i think it was adrian adrian okay we were like friends it was by country this time nice i'm trying to remember those it was like with the frogs our intro was like the with Georgie, whatever the like two other low and Nike 6.0 Let's see, Nike 6.0 standby. Is that what I should mm-hmm. look up? Nike 6.0 standby. I forgot about that actually. First place, France. Mm-hmm. Shit, you didn't mention that. You won, bro. <laughs> no, cool. I just did for yeah, it was like 10,000. Oh, yeah, I remember the frogs. Hell yeah. And then split between the, the yeah, four of you guys? Five and the, yeah, the film also. Dude, that's awesome. Let's look at. Oh my God, look at you, bro. This is crazy. Oh yeah, that's what you were talking about. Short hair. There he is. This 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 kid right here. (laughs) Did I pause it? Okay, here we go. Look at him, Therese Cologne, dude. How old are you at this point? Uh, around twenty, probably. Nice, Florence a lot, dude. He's so good, so stylish. Clement Mm -hmm. too. There he is, young Jojo. Boom. Oh How old are you now? So this is, are we the just same 30, age? 33. 33, yeah, I'm about to turn yeah. 33 in June. So we're the same yeah, age. same age. Oh, look, that's 720. Yeah. Oh my God. Get out of here, dude. I've actually ridden that spot, which I'm yeah. stoked that I was over there and ridden past this spot. I think I filmed on it. That's a good clip. Mm-hmm. When were you in Barcelona? I was in Barcelona when um, Freed Bike Company was a thing, and mm. they they wanted a professional filmer over there, and we made a we made some web videos for it, nice. and yeah, I got to spend twelve days in Barcelona and just get like the full experience of the culture there, and mm-hmm. it was freaking awesome, dude. Like just the city living in, I mean, I think just in general in Europe is awesome like you walk down yeah. and everything's walking everything's pedaling yeah. and you know like yeah. walking down to the market and it's only real food like there's no processed cereals yeah, to and drive 45 everywhere. minutes to get the whole foods yeah. yeah exactly and just like getting a bunch of really healthy food like eggs and vegetables and making a breakfast and then going out pedaling yeah. and i remember the street street beer the red 
red brand uh, yeah yeah. and just Mm -hmm. being uh you know i I think it was shit 20 and being out there and being able to drink and just hang out in the (laughs) streets dude and just pedaling around barcelona is one of the best feelings i've ever had for sure i'd like to go back there sometime i miss it too um okay so that's one of your first sponsors that's crazy to think back on nike uh mm-hmm. what about frame sponsors you started with proper then you know take me keep going on your autobiography what what happens after proper um well i was in proper for like six years so like by the time i was like around 22 something like that but then i felt like i could do more they weren't doing like a lot of things and I was trying to like come over here more and like uh, do more projects. I just felt like I, I don't know, I could have wanted something else. And then go to a simple session one year and that's the year I did the tires switch whip going up the rail. Yeah. It was like back then when not, not a lot of people, people were doing uh, tire rides at all. I remember even in that contest. But uh, I did it during the practice and Jack really was watching. That was like my next group or whatever. And when I leave, it's like, uh, wow, stick riding or whatever. Like, uh, do you want to come? Uh, I'm doing a contest in May. Do you want to? Do you want? You know, if you want to come, you're invited. I was like, really? That was a vitamin water contest, you know. The Chad so Curley Invitational, yeah. Yeah, he invites Sick. me to the thing. So I go, and then I pretty much have like the whole like shadow team was there. Chadwick was there. Simone, like Lashan, like so many uh, crazy people, but. Yeah, I got to meet like the shadow guys kind of. And then turns out we got along. I was hanging up with them because of Simone and stuff. And it's kind of clicked. Like I felt like, huh, like meeting Chadwick and stuff. You can like. Click. Is that the first time that you met Simone? Or had you known no, him? No, no. Simone, I knew, knew him from like back when I was 15 in France and stuff. Okay, like that. gotcha. Yeah. We're already homies. And but the funny thing is that after I got on uh, Shadow and Sabrosa, I'm talking uh, with Ryan and then. You remember seeing that same trick, the tire switch whip, and you started mm-hmm. like, huh, like who, like when it, that, I know, that moment, like triggered, like, um, not like he wanted me on the team, but like he's, I don't know, he was like, then, and then six months later, I go to the Vitamin Water contest, and then I meet them, and then boom, 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 because it just happened. Boom. Naturally, yeah. What came first, Shadow or Sabrosa? Or did they both? And it came come at together? the same time. Nice. Yeah, at the same time, I kind of needed to hold, like, so it made sense, you know. That's dope. And so, mm-hmm. be, so began your chapter of life with uh, Shadow and Sabrosa that's still still yeah. ongoing. Yeah. And you've been through a bunch of phases of Shadow and Sabrosa. I think they keep evolving. The team changes. The filmers come mm-hmm. and go, like myself included and Chadwick. And like, yeah. is, I, I don't think there's an in-house filmer anymore for Sparky's no. at the moment, right? It's just a, mm-hmm. no. like per project, they hire somebody and yeah get it going i think yeah, chadwick yeah. still does a bunch of stuff for him on yeah. you know off and on mm-hmm. um, what's what's been your favorite era of the shadow sabrosa times you know were you there when miles was the filmer or chadwick was already no that was chadwick yeah okay Wait, I'm sorry. well it was probably after when mark was on the team were you filming still when mark got on the team yeah a little bit yeah i think like they coincided like i was leaving mark Burnett got on Sabrosa, and I never really got to be on a yeah. Sabrosa trip with Mark. I think uh, that it happened shortly yeah. after. Yeah. But yeah, there was the first phase where, uh, where you were doing the videos, 
that was kind of sick. And then, yeah, at some point when Mark got on, it was felt like the team was like complete. Everything was dialed, you know, like with Chadwick, the filming was just like super easy. Yeah. That was like uh, kind of like the golden age up to like one and then life at the one. You know, like and then yeah. one, uh, one got the Nora Cup, which is so dope. That's got to feel yeah. good. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. No expectations uh, at all. So, yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. like, let's talk about one because I think that video is awesome and it was filmed not that long of a was it one trip yeah. one trip like two and it weeks. became like a full length yeah a medium half length i don't know it's, it's yeah we kind of like out of each each other part kind of and they kind of like told us the the, the plan like first yeah. night so we didn't know nothing but they already had the hats the shirts the, the whole idea was there yeah it'd be kind of like a, a mini like full length they want to uh, part with everyone. Each uh, they want each to have a part. Like, oh. like in, in two weeks, in like we two knew we had weeks, just yeah. two weeks. It was like, it was like best case scenario, you know. So like, uh, in and it kind of went, Atlanta, it kind of went right? Yeah, filmed in Atlanta. Yeah, but it kind of went for best case scenario. Dude, yeah, side That was like a little hurt, and then when he tried to do something, he like kind of hurt himself again. So he was kind of like struggling a little bit. But who got hurt? All the day. Trace kind of got on the tree because already kind of hurt. Yeah, shit. I yeah, I gotta rewatch that video, but uh, that's a good one. It's to pull mm -hmm. off to pull off each rider having their own section from a two week trip, and there being however many riders there are. Mm -hmm. How many? Six, five or six? It was a decent amount this time because I remember in the event it was like ten or ten people, like ten bikes. So 10 crazy, people. yeah. Yeah, because pretty sure Chadwick and Ryan were, were there. It's got to be one of the most productive single trips <laughs> in BMX history right there. That's so awesome. Yeah, one of those. So that, that's a good era of Shadow and Sabrosa. Mm -hmm. uh, who has been your you know, favorite rider on Shadow or Sabrosa? Or one from each? Or It's all kind of the blended together to be a family at this point. But um, uh -huh. who's, who's, your, who's your favorite rider on, on the Sparky's crew? Well, definitely say Simone, but yeah. I really like Mark. No, I'm still gonna say Mark. Yeah, Mark. And then Lashan also. Wish I really like Lashan riding. I wish he would ride a little more. But yeah, Lashan's riding is sick. Yeah, just anything he could do, anything it just looks good. Good. He's got this, got the swag, and he goes yeah. fast, and the the racer bike control, and just the the like wild manny one eighties. It's dope. Mm -hmm. And he's yeah. got that button, whatever it is that is in your head mm. that you can just be like, okay, I'm going to do this, which yeah, you absolutely. also have like some of the, some of the, like you've done some rail rides where I'm like, he is risking his life. That shit is so crazy. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk yeah, about no, that. At some point. Yeah. Hmm? What were you saying? Sorry. At some point. At some point. Yeah. You just, the spot is like, uh, you can see, you can see it happen or you just want to do it so much that you almost don't even think like uh, the same way. It's like, you don't think yeah it's dangerous because you want to do it so much that like the danger doesn't seem like that big you know yeah i love that and that's kind of how you have to think about it like if you spend yeah. that's <clears throat> we've talked we've covered this in the past but i think like the more time you spend thinking about what could go wrong ha, no pun intended uh what can, mm -hmm. <laughs> the more time you think about what could go wrong the more likely something is going to go wrong like you have to visualize yeah. landing it and you know yeah. re respect the fact that things could go wrong but you're not thinking about that you visualize yeah. Yeah. it working and making it happen mm -hmm. 
what's what so on that note like what's the what's the clip throughout your writing career that sticks out the most as far as like a mental battle of like oh fuck okay i'm doing this you know like and it the, the scariest thing that you've done yeah you know, well, i think it's definitely there's a few but the one i remember like feeling like that crazy the most was uh the one in san diego the one by that building that made with a, uh, a pink shirt it made it made the poster like the at the end of one of my shadow videos it's like a downhill landing a uh, downhill like run up into that white rail and like a big ass drop yeah remember this one i think i remember this one the one i remember is my heart being like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> or my head saying like no no but my body was i was still like grabbing my back out of the van or just like getting ready it was like what <laughs> i was like i guess it's happening it's like, like don't do this don't do this and then all of a sudden you're doing it what video is yeah. that in uh, it was called maya i think uh yeah yeah it's like a longer one. Oh yeah pink shirt yep this is the one that i was picturing myself actually mm -hmm. um let me let me show the homies let's go here here she is Shoo. yeah that's pretty fucking out of out of this world dude that's amazing but like that's the best perfect example of like how scary something can be and i when i actually fail nothing happened i like i look at my elbow i'm barely scratched so yeah care? let's see yeah i was like what you're like i'm fine whoa that old and then i was like nothing so i was like don't worry about it just, just get her done yeah, that's. I think learning how to follow is part of the game. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people, that might happen to, and you're not. You're like a cat. You can land on your feet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then you got her done. Like this, the this is the part Seattle. that I'm curious about. What? It's just like what's going through your head right here, you know. Oh. Are you thinking yeah, in French or are you thinking in English? No, I'm definitely thinking in English at that point. Or I, right there, I wasn't really thinking. I was just like, yeah, I was just, actually like. <gasps> Like a crazy rush of uh, yeah. zero, and it was like a crazy silence because everyone was was kind of like scared. So it was like a crazy silent in the street. Yeah, because there was a lot of people, but you couldn't hear even them and anyone breathe. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like a cinematic moment almost. Yeah, but then okay. I, I was looking at the building in front of it, and it, it was called Eureka, and it gave me a little sign. I was like, okay, you got it. What was it Eureka. called? Eureka. Eureka. Here Give it a little sign. All right. Um, and then what'd you say about uh Seattle video? Yeah, the, the one on the roof also. That one was like probably definitely higher, but easier rail. So it wasn't like dripping as much, but still it was like three, four stories. Is it Swasti Seattle BMX video from two years ago? No, it was the shadow one also. Like full of police, I think it was called. Shadow BMX Seattle, let's see. Full of bliss, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the ender yeah, yeah dude oh my god i remember this one this is absolutely bonkers let's let's show the people again <laughs> yep this is the one yeah tell me the story about this one yeah it's kind of uh, oh yeah story because i ended up doing that 180 bar five times whoa and then having to deal with the gap five times because I had uh, Colton I was filming and Oder was there too. 
making uh, in Colton. Yeah. And then, but I wanted different angles to give it justice. And then the, uh, Colton got on top of the, the other building, I guess, like slightly taller. Yeah. To get a, a like angle like that to see the, the depth of the building. But every time you kind of like frame the clip perfect, it, it framed me perfect, but you couldn't really see the drop. In, Wait a second. Like You're telling me that you did this tire red to 180 bar five times? This yeah. death, death defying banger, this thing? Just, yeah. Because... What? At first I did, I did three. And then I was like, three is kind of boring. You did so this? You did this shit five times? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking insane. Until we get this angle that would show the. Oh the my depth. God. See wow, up there? bro. Yeah, I see him up there. Dude. But it was like, I could have technically gone to the end of the rail because it was that easy of a rail. Yeah. But I was like, oh. don't risk like that. Like now, there, there, would, there would be chances for me to like. Yeah. That's when you, when you start getting greedy, that's when shit goes wrong. Exactly. Man, I cannot believe you did this shit five times. I know that's something that you know if you don't know, but wow. Makes I was starting to worry on it. I was like, now I'm playing with fire. Yeah, you can see like you're leaning over yeah. like it's just you know on and off, yeah. It is too much. <sighs> Dude, making my stomach hurt thinking about doing that shit, bro. That is nuts. That's mind over matter big time right there. Because that is, you know, like a relatively chill thing to do, especially yeah. if I was at like a skate park or something, but yeah. The danger factor on that left side is so mm -hmm. sus, man. Wow, that's a I pretty found a spot yeah. By myself. You on the spot, spot by, by myself, kind of, yeah, kind of like exploring Seattle, and it was so good that I almost like I was gonna film it by myself, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's not the kind of spot I want to film by myself. So I, I, how did how did you find it? It looks like it's on top of a roof. Were you just looking up and it you was saw... just like a. Like something that led me to something that led me to like going back this building, like a like a ball jam, like and then stupid, and then I went around the building, and then I could see the top of the roof, and wow. You look up and you're like, "There's a rail up there." How did you end up getting on that roof? No, because the the road was going up, and then behind the building, so I was like, "Oh, like leveled." Oh, okay. Where? Yeah. So, like the Seattle top of the building, like, you could see from the the yeah, road from okay. where the the parking. I was picturing it just being like a regular flat city and this is a tall building and you're on top of it, but yeah. that makes a little bit more sense. No, Seattle's going to like uh, San Francisco. You've been all over the place, man. Um, tell me about your time in Seattle. Like what, I mean, we're kind of jumping all over. Actually, let's go yeah. back to uh, your autobiography. Um, mm -hmm. So you went through the Nike days, then you got on Shadow and Sabrosa. You've been on them for 10 years. I mean, are we skipping? I'm sure we're skipping over some shit, but what? Tell me, tell me more about your uh, your journey through this BMX life. God, that sounds corny, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, like you're saying, there's so much stuff that I realized recently that I don't even try to remember everything. You know, like you'll be all right, I forget. So I can try to remember things, but I, I gave up. I was like, I'm with you. Wait, wait, wait too many. Yeah, you just gotta live day wait. by day, dude. And mm -hmm. I can't. I, I start beating myself up. Or... Yeah, I can't remember, but, and then um, I'm like, ah, fuck it. Wasn't must not have been that important. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> but then yeah, going to India with Nike was actually kind of cool. That balance video was also with yes. Nike. They ended up paying for the whole trip, and um, yeah, during the later years, like twenty, at the end of Nike, pretty much that's when I was traveling a lot the most. Yeah, and that was kind of cool. Like uh, I ended up moving back at my mom's at some point. Because I was traveling so much that I was paying rent for not being there most of the time. Right. It was 
I haven't seen I wasn't seeing her that much. It was like kind of nice to go back. So for like a year or two, I was just like over there and like traveling all the time. Fire. Up until I mean, you travel and that kind of brings us here to like getting stuck here. That's really so much. So tell me, tell me about getting stuck here. Well, I was doing a lot of back and forth because I was dating this girl. And at some point, yeah, COVID happened. I couldn't fly back. So say that again. Like, Sorry. What happened? You couldn't fly COVID back? Happened. Oh, COVID, COVID happened. happened. And, you COVID got, and you were here in the States. Yeah, when I was here in the States, yeah. I was here. I was supposed, to, yeah, I was supposed to go back. So that's the one time also where I where I grabbed the least amount of stuff from with me because I knew I was gonna go back to France. Yeah, so I, pa- I packed super light. Shit, and I'm st- and I'm still here. <laughs> so my stuff is, here, is there. You haven't but, gone back um, since COVID started. You've been you've been here in America yeah. since then. Wow, yeah. I le- that's I wild. Landed in LA March eighth. Shit, my mom. My March eighth, twenty twenty. Yeah, because that was when it started, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, but she was like, yeah, I don't think you should go. There's something happening in China, blah, blah, But I was like, I'm on my way to the airport. I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Shut up, mom. And then <laughs> mom's <laughs> right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. It's so crazy yeah. to think about the past couple of years and how insane it's been and mm-hmm. all the, the lockdowns. And you went to California, I think, where, right? That's where you were? Yeah, well. I avoided all of it because I was, uh, yeah, in California when it started, but that's when quick, quick after, like we ended up moving to Seattle where it was pretty chill. Nice. And then by the time everything was open, started opening up again, that's when we moved back to, to California. So like, I feel like I've avoided the whole thing, like all the time, all the time. Good job. <laughs> just, yeah. just swerving. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I where... was thinking about it. I was like, oh. What were you thinking? That, uh, yeah, I don't know how I would have felt like in France because it was like the worst. Yeah. And I know my, like, not being able to ride, I feel like I would have gotten like so many tickets just trying to do like the, not being on the same. Yeah, dude, I can't. Yeah. Like, luckily I was on this side because, uh, So you think in France, if you were to ride, you would get like tickets from the police. They would say, go back inside. Like, yeah, that, at least I heard Barcelona. Yeah. Listen, in Barcelona, they were getting tickets for walking around the city. Just two people, like uh, I think Antonio told me, like he got they pulled him uh, for walking with his girlfriend. They they got a ticket. They had to walk wow. separate. They enforced the six feet apart with a couple. Like, sorry, you can't be yeah. this close to your girlfriend. Just anyone. They were just giving out giving out tickets for like. It's crazy. That's gross, dude. I hate that. Yeah, but you know, but, glad it's over. Yeah, I didn't get to see it. Yeah, but, well, yeah, I guess you're right. You like you lucked out being in the United States while the shit was so heavy and not in mm-hmm. France and Barcelona. Like the yeah. yeah, from what I heard, the lockdowns were pretty severe over there. And yeah. I mean, they weren't severe here, but they did happen. Like the I remember, dude. Remember when it was just two weeks to stop the spread? Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then it went on for a year and a half. I'm in mm-hmm. Arizona, it never got too gnarly. Like, yeah. you know, there was nobody giving you tickets for being yeah. too close together. But it it was uh, masks everywhere. The masks, the masks everywhere. Which now they're saying they didn't do anything. Which is which is like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, for, thanks, thanks for all that. <laughs> that was nice. Uh, that was very nice of you guys. So that's wild that you've been here since. I mean, what 
And then I think that's when you started pushing yourself to do the Patreon and create your own content and like really taking mm -hmm. control of your content while you're here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell me about thing. that. What, what prompted that? Like, what was your situation like? And yeah. What, it was just what, that uh, I was like, so happy. I mean, I was, that's when I was in Seattle. So, so I was just same thing, exploring a new city. So being like constantly writing and filming and, but mostly on the phone, I wish I had a camera this whole time so I could have made like more legit edit, even though I did them, but they were like film film on the phone, so like it doesn't have the yeah. same. But that's just that being like out out there, just like uh how to do something with the content, you know, like uh, being productive in general. Yeah. I guess it was a phase because that's when I started Twisty also this whole year in twenty nineteen and it was like picking up pretty good. I was doing a lot of content also for that. So Yeah. That's dope. Know, I'm yeah. proud of you, man. You like you, Thanks, took, you took lemons and made lemonade, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. And use the peel, and you can use the yeah. You can use everything. Yeah, and make so, some. What would you make out of a lemon peel? Make some sort of scented art. candle. Uh, yeah, a scented, scented candle, nice. Or you Perfect, can dry man. them and make some tea later. <laughs> Yo, I fucking I really like that shirt you're wearing. I gotta get me one of them. Oh yeah, that's the that's fire. Oh, Let's talk about mm -hmm. uh, Sabrosa and design. Like, is there anything cool mm -hmm. com coming out? And do you have any, I'm sure you have input with, especially with your own stuff, but like mm -hmm. anything exciting coming this year from Sabrosa? Well, for now, they're kind of like the uh, same thing on, on, on a little pause, with like producing and everything. Cause there's a, there's a lot of like stuff going on with like um, selling the parts, like the industry in general is like kind of like going crazy. Yeah. So that they were telling us they're not gonna like do too many like we're not gonna get a new seed this year. They they have like such they have a big inventory that you know has to go through and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff that can just be on hold. Yeah. This year they kind of like readjust everything, but uh, the bars are definitely still on the way, which is I'm pretty excited. Uh, people are like, really asking for them, but um, I guess everything's a little delayed. Like it yeah. takes time for everything. It's kind of at but, a weird. I don't know if it's like recession, but tough times in the BMX industry. Yeah, it seems like every, not there's not many companies that are like actively spending a bunch of money on trips and doing doing yeah. shit like that. In fact, it's the opposite. Like uh, you know, people are firing their videographers and like cutting yeah. cutting costs left and right, and just leaving it to yeah. the the riders to just be Instagram, you know, billboards yeah. basically. Um. Which is, it is yeah. what it is, dude. It's crazy. Technology comes and just disrupts everything. Like, mm -hmm. I was talking with somebody I feel like the budget about... is really, yeah. I really can't afford it also. It's like, um, I feel like there might be even, uh, the market might be saturated. You know, there's too much stuff out there. Too much parts, yeah. too much like, because uh, I would see like a, a kid that would buy my signature seat like one year. The following year, there's a new one. Imagine he buys it in like November. There's a new one coming up, coming in March. Yeah, he's not gonna buy the new one because uh, he's just got the the old one. Right. But then they paid a lot of money to make it, and then next year again, and then now we have like a series of five seats. People are still riding the second one, you know. So it's like there's two. For real. But you then you spend a lot, the margin, the negative margin is like massive because you spend a lot of money in creating, to developing, and the sales are not even there. So it's like it's a big investment, loss. and you just yeah. lose money on it. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't sell that one you add that up with multiple parts multiple, and multiple every brands and, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah shit that could the add market up is like saturated with like just and people can really afford it but they already have the shit they hang on to it like yeah that'd be a big reason big part of it yeah 
I want to talk about your, like, I guess, outlook on life. You've lived such a unique life compared to a lot of people, just, you know, normal folks who like mm-hmm. grow up, go to college, get a job. And you've, you've lived this wild, like doing what you love mm-hmm. and getting good at it. And then getting to travel the world on other people's dime and experience so much shit. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine you would trade this life for much else. Like that seems like uh, it's, it's been, it's been a good one from what I can yeah. tell. I'm sure it, like, you and I have talked uh, like off the pod about like ups and downs and it's not always sunshine and rainbows and traveling yeah. and having fun. There's some hardship that happens. Um, yeah. I guess the question there would be what's, what would you tell your younger self uh, if you could go back in time and talk to a 16 year old Jerice, what would you, what would you tell him? Oh, but that's actually, that's actually the thing I was going to say like recently someone was telling me, would you rather get, uh, $10 million now or go back in time with the same knowledge that you, that you have now or just like so you can change things it's like just give me $10 million now like there's nothing there's nothing yeah. I want to change you know I don't need to like so like talking with, with your question like I don't feel like I would even tell my younger self anything because it would change who I am now and I'm so satisfied with who I am now that I wouldn't want to touch it you know solid it's like, I uh, love that even all the, the mistakes are now the reason that I understand you know and I without without doing any mistakes you, you just might do good but you're just actually blindly going around you don't yeah, know exactly and, like, and the harder the mistake the more like the more you're going to burn yourself the more you're going to know for real like what fire is capable of and, like, yeah that's fine and then you can teach it uh, or uh, so i wouldn't change really anything it's actually i come to realize with so much stuff happening that you can see a pattern like most people they live like a quiet life so like there's one thing happening they lose someone in good and bad there's only a few things that happen kind of so you can yes. barely see any any pattern, but like there's so much stuff going on, then you can see like a oh, that's what's going on. Like every time I did something super good, there was something super bad, or you can see a pattern of like how things works. Yeah, a, a more broad like, I I guess what you're saying is perspective, because like some for mm-hmm. some people like the one bad thing happens to them and it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to them. They're crying and freaking out for months and it like devastates yeah, yeah. them. But like with the perspective of having been through you know thousands of ups and downs like you get it like you're just riding the wave you know mm-hmm. i have that yeah, on a sticky note yeah. somewhere in my house just ride the wave you know it's all part mm-hmm. of the process it like yeah. even when you're in low times like just i constantly know in the back of my mind like it is gonna all be all right and i'll get myself yeah. back to you know the yeah. the other side of the equation yin and yang and- well, yeah when you surf at some point you're like in the wave just killing killing it and at some point you're like just underwater under the wave like yeah and so a matter of time, it's like we emerge again and you can catch another one and like boom, boom, boom. But it's also not knowing that this is going on. You suffer through the whole process. But when you know it's going on, you just do your best. You, you work to get out of the water and get on the board. And like, Yeah, it's like a detached perspective. You look at yeah. where you are and you're like, well, I guess I'm under the water right now. But you're not like emotionally yeah. triggered by it, you know, like, yeah, obviously you feel feelings, but you're aware. Having that awareness yeah. in the back of your mind is huge. Yeah. Uh, and, tell and, me yeah. about a low time that you've been through and what you learned from it. Um, so many low times, but yeah, because with that, with that perspective, like even if it was like low times, like somehow, like I've always like I had a good time in, in one sense, yeah. like, and usually like the, the, the lower the time, like actually was compensating. It was like balancing with like the fact that I was like out here or 
I don't know, like just different breakups recently or a relationship like not going well and like moving around, losing stuff. Like it was like triggering. Like it was like, it was hard, like physically, but then I was like, wow, I'm just learning about new places, like exploring more. Like uh, there was like so many good things that would actually instantly just cancel it. Like I would be in a bad spot and I would just leave the house on my back and I was like, wow, yeah. It's nice out. It's open. You know, it's like a, I don't know. It's like there's so much stuff to be grateful for still. For real, that's huge. So, just being grateful, so like, kind of. And then realizing it was like, well, what's going wrong now is actually the, the the price to pay to in order in order to like leave that that kind of stuff. Like the fact that I decided to stay on this side. That's why most people they stay in their own base because it's, it's like hard to like leave the comfort zone and like. Yeah, it takes a lot to leave to go live in another country, kind of, you know. Like, yeah, it's a big, a huge like yeah. move, dude. That's and then the more crazy. time goes on, the more you realize there's a lot of stuff that changes. Like, it's not just you go there and then it's gonna be. A, there's nothing to think about. It's like that's pretty solid. So, what is the advice that you would give to somebody who's in a low point? What would you like? Hey, hey, Jerez, um, I'm really sad. I just went through a breakup, and uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I drink too much and I'm out of shape and Actually, I hate myself. Of, what do you those. say? You get a lot of messages like that? Yeah. Most, yeah. Actually, most people that I reach out are more for like insights or just, just to talk mental. Just like, just some, yeah. Sometimes it's actually said like that. Like I'm doing really bad, blah, blah, blah. Or sometimes it's just more like I can tell. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's kind of cool. Usually I just, I emphasis, I, I, I don't know, talk about the fact that it's, it's all temporary. Like, um, and I did not what I was saying, like not to let it affect you because you need to like do the necessary to get out of it, like or just to keep going. Like, uh, and we all learn it for, from riding bikes, you know. And most like most of the times, like bikers are kind of successful at all the things they do because like just have a way of doing things, are very artsy. But when you you think of a trick you want to do, like you you end up on the floor for like an hour trying it, and then you when you land it, it's like five seconds. But it's for an hour, you like you don't realize that you're dirty, bleeding. That's not the end goal. The end goal is like it's the trick when it when it's done. You know, like you're really, yes. It's pretty much that, that this attitude. Like when you're down, it's like think you're working on it. Yeah. And it's not because it looks perfect that you should be disappointed. Like you're working on it. It's okay to be on the floor. It's okay to 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 like get a shiner and like start start bleeding. Usually, when when you're trying to do a trick, you just you grab the bike and you just, you just try it again right there. You know, yeah. when you're bleeding, it's like. So if you have this mentality, like in life, like trying things, like for work, for like in your life, partners, like for, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work right away. Yeah, and that gives and a okay lot to, of credit to the uh, the cliche. It is cliche, but like it's not how many times you fall down; it's just getting back up. And yeah, you're right. That comes from learning tricks on a BMX bike. Like if you mm -hmm. can conquer learning tail whips in on a bike and go through that much pain and eating shit and still mm -hmm. and then you you get to the end of that process and now you have tail whips like you can apply that to literally anything in life like yeah you put your mind to something it. and go through the go through the bleeding and the you know falling metaphorically mm -hmm. and uh as long as you have that end goal in mind like you'll you'll get there mm -hmm. but i think yeah. what you said in the middle of that is so important because it's you can't just like let yourself be paralyzed in your self-pity and sorrow like you have to keep doing shit you, yeah. you know what you have to do to get out of this hole so yeah. take one little baby step at a time and get out of it yeah. you know yeah i was just somebody hit me up about anxiety 
yesterday actually and i thought there like I, I think anxiety is just part of the human experience and a lot of it comes from like your brain knowing that you're doing some shit wrong so address those things and like go yeah. head on into it like yeah be easy for, you got to be easy on, your, on yourself first like one step yeah. at a time it's okay to, to fail yeah it's like uh don't put too much pressure on himself i mean we've, we're taught to like put pressure on ourselves but yeah not yeah it's like why yeah like this kind of makes actually, me want to i want to ask you about Hare krishna and the teachings yeah. of of that but first uh let's pause real quick and we'll get Get, we'll come back to Hare Krishna. Hold on, pause one second. <laughs> Hare Krishna. How did you first Hare find Krishna. out about it? What are the teachings? If you could summarize the main lesson of what you've learned in that cult. Just kidding. <laughs> in that in that world. That works. Uh, like cult, culture. Really yeah, I like that. That's a good spin on cult culture. Mm -hmm. um, what's you know if because it is. There's something magical about chanting. I think that that's real. That yeah. is, that triggers something primal in us. Like, um, you know, like it's Irish like Irish people in a pub just... when they all sing. That's one thing mm -hmm. Americans don't really have is like singing together. Unless you go to church and then you get yeah. it. But like, you know, Irish Irish dudes in a pub are all gonna like sing songs together. And there's something like truly yeah. like hardwired. As a kid, we do it more. Of to it. Yeah. So talk to me yeah. about Hare Krishna. Well, um, I found it via, uh, just by finding the book when I went to India the first time, by finding the Bhagavad Gita. But What's the book called? Started... The Bhagavad Gita? What's Bhagavad. Bhagavad. Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Which means technically the song of God. Gita will be the song or singing. And Bhagavan is a, a term for God. But... Everything was kind of pointing towards India when I was like, at first, like, started traveling and just learning from my own experiences and school. And because I'm in school for like a long time, but just everything together, at some point, everything was like pointing towards like um, India. Whenever it was like talks about, you know, spirituality or specific things like Atma, the soul, or the chakras, or yoga, there's only one word for yoga. You know, the, the French word is yoga, the English word is yoga. Yeah. There's only whatever, like, it came from there. So I just decided like just go and, and see what was it about. So I went on a vacation trip just with my ex at the time, and and I found the book. Found the book like the first night. It was sitting on a night stand at the hotel, very first night in New Delhi. And just opening the book, and I knew it. I was like, wow. First, I felt like it was the answer to everything. There's the way it was like written, the pictures, name of the chapters, everything. You know, a few in a glance, I was like, yeah, this is it. Like. This is the and book. then I realized that was the this is the reason why I came to India. So this is what I came to look for, kind of. Hold that thought. Move and the hold your microphone away from your hair. It keeps hitting your hair, or move your hair right. back. Yeah, there you go. Boom, better. But um. So Bhagavadvika, Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. It's the it's the book. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I just started reading it by myself. I mean, I got a copy later on the trip and I read it by myself once and then twice. I never used to like, like reading or just read that much. I was always more like outside just doing something, but I couldn't stop reading. Like that thing was like, uh, was like uh, food for, for the soul. You know, like, or it was like, yeah. It was like finding, like I was thirsty. finding your Bible. Yeah. In a way it's not, it's not, yeah. the, it's not the Bible, but it could be, it, it's the good book for you. Yeah, so it's just the approaches like um, 
you know, people have a hard time like talking about the absolute or like something absolute, like a religion or something like it. it sounds too authoritarian or whatever, you know. Yeah. But it, something it does exist. It's like, um, like there's stuff that we know even like uh, the you know, like rules like gravity or the fact that we live on Earth. Like uh, there's some stuff you cannot change. There are just rules that or just stuff that you do you do with like. Uh, in, but yeah, they, they, there's literally, for example, like a chapter that's called the absolute truth. But like the way it's written, like you can tell, I could tell at first, like it's not even a human that wrote that. Like it was like, yeah, it envelops like everything. Like it's almost like you would not find like a, a, a loophole or like a flaw or perfect mix between like uh, science and, and religion, actually. It's, it's not even considered like a, a religion. Religion would be Hinduism. And even Hinduism being like a made up kind of like religion has like limits to it, you know. This makes you're making me want to read this book. So tell me about, you know, like so it, you're mentioning you're saying it's talking about absolute truths, things that are just undeniably true no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then how does it? How did how did it guide you? Did it guide you? And what what yeah. was like your initial well, takeaways point, when, when you I first found got the book, into it? At that point, when I found the book, already I just came to the same understanding, consciousness in a sense, but it wasn't as clear as what I would say in the book. It just gave way more more depth and like perspective and like perfection because like the way it says, like I couldn't you cannot you cannot come up with like the same the same phrases or the same way it's it said. Yeah. But it really just actually described everything, everything to in a way that you can, you definitely, you can understand it. Like uh, it's so obvious, and we already know it in a sense. But it's kind of like revealing that knowledge about like who, who you are. You know, everyone's asking like, who are we? Like, like with philosophical, religious like questions, like just plainly, just like explain like in a way that's like wow, like like yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, like I can't expect you to like quote from the Bhagavad Gita, yeah. but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the it's it sounds sounds like you're saying you had a general grasp of what you mm -hmm. thought things are and who we are and your general like world outlook and your perspective on where we are and what we are in the universe. And then reading that book, it kind of like it, you're like, oh, this is what I've been thinking. Just well put, you know. Like they yeah. they wrote it. So so like, wild to think about, like all the thousands and thousands of years that humans have been like looking up at the sky and trying to figure out, you know, the, these questions, mm -hmm. like who are yeah. we, why are we here, all that shit. So um, that's because they talk, they like I said, they describe everything, and then for that thing, the knowledge in general, they talk about like ascending knowledge and descending knowledge. There's information that we can gather from our like experience through our senses, eyes, whatever our senses you gather information but there's descending knowledge there's information that are you don't gather from your knowledge you have to accept them interesting so give me an example yeah. um, kind of like i said like universal rules like that or the fact that uh you're not the, the body and your soul is detached from that that's kind of like a knowledge that you don't have to accept it like it's so fine you cannot measure the soul that that's why they've been fighting it that's why they don't want to accept the fact that uh, we are the soul, not the body. We live eternally and stuff like that. Yeah. Because you, yeah, they haven't found the soul, but by right. default, the soul is like in time matter. So if you measure it with a material object like a telescope or whatever that's material, you're not going to see it. Even with your eyes, you couldn't see it because you have a 
it's like um, actually materialized made, made out of matter yeah but but the sense of sight exists transcendentally of your body it's like so there's descending knowledge that they're like they're there you can just realize them and it's going to be hard for me to tell you until you like experience it and like oh yeah i'm not this body like i'm the same person that i was like when i was five years old but i have a new body now so you see okay so realize it. that's so an example of descending knowledge is the concept of your soul and your the you know the difference between your soul and your physical being that's descending mm -hmm. knowledge what about yeah. us ascending knowledge that would be learning how to speak a, a language or like how to talk to people what's what's an example of ascending knowledge in this case anything just like uh just take it to the basics like using our senses because they talk about the senses as be as being knowledge gathering senses so like we have eyes touch sight taste hearing so we can get information from the world yeah. so our soul can move about and if you look at something you know it's red it's round blah blah so it might be a tomato but then if you want to taste what it's like you, get, you have to put it in your mouth but then we, when you looked at it smelled it um touched it whatever tasted it then you get a full spectrum the full inform information about yeah. the object so and then you can experience with it accordingly like and then when i meet when you meet someone same thing you see them from afar you get close you get a sense of smell you might touch them and then whatever you might kiss them yeah. taste and then you get a full spectrum of the person and talk mind so let's, let's talk about consciousness and what your views on it are i know i know that like at the top level of science and you know philosophy biology at this point like there's consciousness is a problem like they what is consciousness does every living thing have it like i've heard people talk about like consciousness is just this vast web that exists whether we're here or not and we kind of mm -hmm. tap into it and that's what gives us consciousness i've heard people like say that it's uh not necessarily like sam harris is pretty hardcore with like there's no free will we're all just kind of like wet wet what do they call it wet um uh, wet hardware or wetware mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. software hardware wetware is our wet brain wet. and uh but that's the funny thing because we approach it with this dual mind instead of an absolute mind and which is because we're in a re relative world everything is relative and in, in that's relative is the, the opposite of absolute and so we think you know in terms of like black and white good or bad so like is it fate fate or uh, do i have free will it's actually a mix, mix of both like whatever i did in the past determines the present moment but what i do now determines the future so i am bound by my by my karmic reactions from the past that's what i have now but it, but at the very pr present second i can change it so i have a slight free will and yeah. also the accumulation or like fate like a, it was meant to happen kind of feel like it's a mix of both and we kept thinking we keep it's like the egg or the chicken like what came first yeah both the chicken and egg it exist eternally like it's a concept you know like it's stupid to even think like because we can't get out of that yes no who's who's the who started it like we right. one, one day. it's impossible to answer that chicken or the egg question yeah that's why like, and that's the same question with like god and stuff like that because we approach it with the, that relative mind like when we talk about something as absolute and trans trans yeah, transcend like what we know kind of like Oh yeah, but for consciousness, like you were saying, like the way they, they talk about it is like as being the symptoms of the soul. So like wherever there is soul, there's life force, you can you, you would find you'll find consciousness. 
like even in a plant, like the plant will grow if the sun is over there, the plant will grow like towards the the sun or the water or they even talk plant now they they yeah, the trees talk to each other. That's symptoms of having a consciousness. So that's a that's a symptom of having a soul. I love that. And yeah, and then that net that you were talking about, that's because actually life is alive, alive, alive. Like the earth is a bigger being, the universe is a bigger being. So that that net is actually like yeah, everywhere. So consciousness is everywhere. I I yeah. I really like yeah. that theory of it just being everywhere. It's not necessarily that's something that's like developed in your brain because that's one thing. Like like if consciousness is in our brain, where is it? And can you turn it off? No, know? it's it's like all pervading. It's like in the atoms. Yeah. Like, um, but there's one that's like attached to my soul, kind of it moves with my body. You know, it's like like my hands right now are moving with the my consciousness. Yeah, it's so wild. And a good example about. is like a table doesn't have a consciousness or a soul. It's plain matter, like a human shaped the food into a table. And the table that by itself doesn't move. But it can move when if I move it around. So it's my soul that you, that's using my body through my consciousness, like to move the 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 table. It's like inert inert, you know. Yeah. The movement is also a symptoms, but so symptoms like, symptoms of a soul is consciousness. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. And That's they also cool. use the, the the sun and the sunshine. Like the sun would be the the soul, and the sunshine would be the consciousness, all pervading, kind of like oh. emanating from the. the That's the, a great the analogy too. Yeah. Where so and I mean, obviously, there's a lot more to Hare Krishna than. Uh, so if I'm referring to it, did I just use that right, or is Hare Krishna just like the chant and the the thought is the Bhagavad 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 Kita. Bhagavad. Bhagavad. You have to like see it for a while. Yeah. Bhagavad Kita. Is that if I'm referring to this uh, book or not the book, but the yeah, this so you group. Say Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness. Okay. Yeah. And where does the short. chanting come into play? I I've. I've been on trips with you where you have your prayer beads and you, yeah. you're, the, you're the first person who taught me how that works. And it's just, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you just count them and yeah, like right. get your mind centered. I, I love that dude. Like, mm-hmm. how does that come into play and, uh, how does that help you? And would you recommend getting some prayer beads to everybody? Yeah. Well, that definitely, even if it was any other mantras, but like first it's just the, 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 the mechanism, it's like really helping. But it's like a med- nowadays meditation is kind of taken like as a thinking about nothing, like it's like the new concept. But I had to like relearn learning that um, culture that like there's another meaning of meditation, and the main meaning is to think about something. So like uh, if I'm cooking, I'm meditating on the food. You know, like I, in my in my mind, I'm shaping. I'm having a picture, writing. Like when you do a trying to do a trick, pretty much everything. When a painter, yeah, you visualize something, and like it's like even you could like etymology, like medium, media, like meditate. I don't know. It's like looking at something, thinking about something. Yeah, so the mantra is literally meditating. Where on the sound, that's why you have the beats. It helps like because um, the mind goes like. The, the route you know like yeah if you're trying to chant it in your in your head like that after like 10 seconds you're already thinking about you're already on instagram or the, the, you know, right you lose track but because you have the beads like they keep coming you know you roll them through your finger and there's always another beat so it helps like reminding the keep body you... by using body and mind yeah keep you in track 
And then after a while, just like it gets you on a certain frequency because of those sounds that are like also frequency. And those mantras are like, you know, like pearls. That's why like they have that line, the way you write Sanskrit. They talk about them like pearls thinking on the thread, the letters. Huh. Yeah. And you arrange them in a certain series of like, it makes a perfect sound. That explains so like, the writing that yeah. I've seen. That's interesting to think about. Yeah, that's like, why they call them sutras. And sutras, sutras like suture, when you do suture. Or you're sewing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Even yeah. Even the, the word has like the same root kind of. It's crazy. So there's a lot of, you know, meaning even behind how the writing looks. That that means yeah. something like this. Exactly. Even all the letters, if you go down to like the way they're written, if you break it down, like, it's crazy. It was like, yeah, an actual science. That's when you can tell they were actually super elevated, like back then. Like, uh, and they talk about thousands of years ago, millions of years ago, human beings and like civilizations, even more developed. Like, it's another, it's like, it's kind of crazy. Like, another world. It is crazy. Yeah. But, the, yeah. So, for a beginner, young kid out there who's never even heard of Hare Krishna, where, What's the first step to start learning about it or exploring it? And uh, also, think, yeah. what's a good beginning meditation or a good chant or what's a good practice to start? Where do you learn about it? And then what's a good thing yeah. to just start implementing into your daily life? I feel like first would be to read the, try and read the, the Bhagavad Gita for sure, because it's written in a way that anyone can understand it. And there's like a progression in the book where like if you read it page one to like page, last page, it brings your, your head like your it's kind of like taking DMT pretty much, but without the physical aspect of like wow, freaking out. Like a, right. it's like a the whole book is like a guided meditation that brings your consciousness to like break through, like take it out of this material like plane. It might take a while. Some people read it in like a long time, but but it's also like I said, written in a way that like you can relate. Like uh, it's easy. Yeah, that's great. Because uh, yeah, and then so so and, read and the book. Thing, but. Yeah, an ancient thing, but that comes with like reading the book because they talk about it in the book. That way, you, you actually get an idea of like, oh, the chanting, you know, you know, what it is. Yeah, I, th I think doing anything in general is a lot easier, and you know, I'm more motivated to do it once I read about like the benefits of it. Like, that yeah. even applies to like eating food. Once I started started studying like the benefits of the vitamin C in avocado or, uh, yeah. you know, some, some nutrient that's in a certain food and then yeah. how it affects your body and makes you better. I'm like, Oh, fuck. Yeah. And then I want to go eat an avocado yeah. and, you know, salt and pepper and just eat yeah. a raw avocado. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they're good, but like, it's not something I remember like when I had to their medicine to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Using that's huge, dude. Using your mm -hmm. food as medicine can change your life. Um, yeah. And so the same thing applies to the chanting. I would love to read about like what benefits mm -hmm. that has on your brain before I start practicing chanting. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Because then, then it like sharpens your meditation. Now you're meditating on something and do the chanting, but you know what you're doing. Yeah. You're not blindly chanting. It's like it helps more. And I think what you were talking about earlier with um, just being mindful of what you're doing is kind of a meditation like if you're cooking it's not necessarily i guess it is a form of meditation but i was looking for the word and it's called mindfulness like just being mm -hmm. aware of what yeah. you're doing mm -hmm. happens happens to me when i'm like if i'm driving and then i just i realize that i'm driving and start thinking about that effect that i'm driving like then just you're just being mindful you're not acting yeah. as a yeah. robot going through your day you're mm -hmm. just like 
aware of what you're doing, which is a powerful yeah. thing in itself. It's not necessarily mm -hmm. like slow down, you can like sit and meditate, but just being being mindful is pretty mm -hmm. uh, pretty powerful shit. Yeah. Uh, had you been religious before finding Hare Krishna? Like, how were you raised? No, no, I wasn't even baptized. Like, I remember just my mom always saying, like, uh, that's something that you get, you'll decide when one day if you want to do it or something. It was really open, and I, I feel like it was that. a big factor in like me like finding this path because it was like actually open. Yeah, that door open for me. But yeah, pretty like not. Actually, most likely like anti-religion because I didn't like the idea of religion, and still like it's like a, it's like a it's like a it's called spirituality, but it's actually on a material plane. Like uh, the rules are more important than the content. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, there's no heart. They lost the soul. Like there's no soul. People don't want to go to a church if you don't make it attractive, and. It's because there's not there's no life in it, you know. So like otherwise people would go in this movement. Like you see, a lot of people go and it's so joyful. There's so many colors. People are having fun and like still being sober, you know. So like they're not hiding in anything. It's like you it know, it does so look like, really fun. You see, like so a group of and, uh, and you easily Krishna. get caught up. But like in in a couple of years, I was completely sober. Like for two years, I was like I didn't drink, I wasn't smoking. I barely had like a, a you know a vape, a jewel, or something like that. But like no tobacco, no weed. Yeah. But we, I didn't even try. It, it just faded out of my life because I was actually practicing a lot, like going all the temple and stuff like that. It was like mm. just, just gone. finding joy from chanting, dancing. Because um, I think that's part yeah. of it, right? Like a, there's a lot of yeah. dancing and just letting yourself be free. And yeah, move exactly. In and there's, mm -hmm. That's got to feel pretty liberating. Cause, yeah. you know, and you can only do it over there because no one is there for themselves. Like when you go out, everyone is there for themselves, like trying to show themselves. And when you go to the temple, everyone's there for Krishna and not for themselves. So they don't, they're not looking at you. They don't care if you sing bad or whatever. Like they yeah. know you do it for like to be, to participate and it's done for like as a service for Krishna or whatever. So that you don't feel that social anxiety or social like. Yeah. Yeah. Which no is pressure. huge. And that applies yeah. to other things too. I think um, like a lot of kids are nervous to go to the skate park because they're embarrassed because they're bad, but similar to yeah. like a lot of people are like afraid to go to the gym because they they don't they're just preemptively mm -hmm. being embarrassed because they're not as in shape yeah. as the other people at the gym but really the like yoga every, yeah uh, yeah in yoga class and shit like that yeah. but like everybody there even if you're like a master level yogi you're you're there for yoga and you're supporting yeah. any, anybody that's in like if yeah somebody's making fun of a fat person who's in the gym you're a piece of shit like that's exactly. you're in the right place dude like, they they did the most like yeah that's like the big, biggest yeah. part was that to come everybody's rooting for you if anything and honestly mm -hmm. probably not even thinking about you they're focused on giving to you yeah. know whatever it so is i realized because like, i started doing yoga also and i was like worried about that and then at some point i was like you know what like no one's caring no one cares because they're yeah, struggling nobody. doing their own shit like they're exactly. sweating they're like struggling how long have you been when did you start practicing yoga and did you notice uh an effect on your riding from well, yoga I've always done a little bit just by myself but never like actual classes and i just started doing the classes here in miami nice uh, with my girlfriend nikki because she's a teacher sick and uh, that helps a lot the fact that she's the teacher like i knew it was like oh it might, might actually be the thing that helps me like uh actually start and they're like uh it's a nice yoga studio that like top yoga studio in uh, in Miami at the moment or something like that or one of the top studio oh, yoga studios. Good for her. With a nice level, yeah. Yeah. But somehow like 
I kind of get, I guess I'm like, it was like design. My body was like made to do it or, little, or whatever, but yeah, you're I'm able to like, I'm able, I'm able to keep up with, with what they're doing. And it's been like super sick. What's a, an advanced yoga move that you're working on or struggling with right that, now? I don't remember any names so far. I mean, like, yeah. I, I just came, like, I went straight to the yoga class. I've been like, I pre study anything and just going for it. And I'm like, just trying to pay attention at everything what she's showing like remembering the names like at the same time all the same so time. many complex names in yoga i was i was like whoa yeah. the more i learned about it i was like dude this is a this is a whole yeah. thing mm-hmm. like um i think there's a pose called wild thing or something and i cannot get into it dude but my yeah. hips i've been worked over the past three years my hips have definitely opened up a lot like i remember mm-hmm. the first time i tried pigeon pigeon oh, is yeah. where pigeon. yeah i'll try and explain uh, to people listening, but pigeon, you put your, so you're on the ground, your front leg is in front of you and bent and your back leg is extended behind you and you're leaning. It's trying to open up your hips. Basically it's Google it. Fuck it. Pigeon, Mm -hmm. pigeon pose. Well, the first time I did it, I couldn't, couldn't even get my leg flat on the ground. I was like, Holy shit, I am tight. And then practice over a couple of years. And then all of a sudden my hips are fairly open. And I think like, that's got to be the most important part of your body to have open up. Like everybody is mm-hmm. just chronically tight in their hips. Like, yeah. But if you loosen up everything your hips, shoulders, everything else yeah. follows. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. amazing. I, uh, I had yeah. a thought with yogis, uh, yoga thinking about writing and, Oh, I was going to ask what, what, um, genre of what type of yoga does your girlfriend enjoy teaching the most like vinyasa yin i think it's a vinyasa but it's like a like an open one it's kind of like a, free, a little bit of freestyling you know? sick that's dope but yeah i want to try asana so there's like a teacher that's like doing asana what is studio. asana it's like more the traditional poses and stuff like that like the very hindu like uh, traditional like poses it's like a, it's like a series like series one, series two. Sick. Um, yeah. Yeah, vinyasa feels like different. a workout. It's Yin. a different, different workout. You have to like hold the poses for like five five long breaths each. There's like a whole like, there's a way to do them. It's like pushing it, like you push it. It's, it's yeah. like people shit on yoga, like, oh, that's just stretching. And it's like, you have no idea, bro. It's like, no idea. It <laughs> made me like, I mean, definitely I'm sweating still like crazy because they like it, like the, the room that, it's better when it's hot, you know, like it loosens a little bit. Yeah. But I definitely like felt like I was going to die, like sweating and then even like crying, you know, like they always play some music at, you know, at some point. There's just so much like struggle. Like, you put your, I mean, if you're trying to follow it, like, I don't know. I could like, I don't know, he opened something and I was like literally crying. It's just a good release. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't think you would make you go through that. We love a good cry. Mm-hmm. Crying, crying shouldn't be a. Uh... Taboo. It was like out of the base, out of a good feeling. Yeah. Dude, I I like happy cry or inspirational cry. Not all the time, but <laughs> often. Like if I yeah. if something is beautiful, like a song hits me, dude, I am yeah. like I just feel good and there's tears coming out of my eyes. It's, it's a beautiful know, yeah. thing. Like each completed yeah. video, I end up crying like mediocre at best. That night I was oh, crying yeah. my ass off. Lightworks premiere, so dude. Sweet crying my ass i was like sobbing in the front yeah, front row as the intro started mm-hmm. playing and the theater's watching it. <laughs> yeah. just like pure joy it's fucking incredible oh yeah all right well we covered uh bhagavad gita i said it right yeah yeah that was good <laughs> thank you and a little bit of yoga 
what does the future look like for you? Well, in the near future, I think you're pretty zen. Maybe, you're not too worried about it, but any any no, plans? No, but it's looking like it's going somewhere for sure. Like, uh, like, like Miami so far. I'm pretty much just moving in right here. Like, I just got the my parking spot in the building, and uh, I'm gonna stay here. I'm working with the US studio for their graphic designs and stuff. I'm doing with like flyers and T-shirts. With the US, the US what? The yoga studio. Oh, okay, sick. Yeah, I'm working with them. Like also. Definitely more yoga and like I don't know, video soon and yeah, excited. Miami is pretty exciting. Yeah. Do you have? Uh, I, th I might have asked you this earlier in this interview, but do you have footage saved up at all? No. No. We're starting from really, scratch, uh, baby. Like to, yeah. Yeah. Sick. No good ones. Yes, saving stuff like that. I like chronology, so usually, like, even, like, posting, I, I don't know, I never, like, post something as old or, unless it's, like, really, like, throwback or whatever, but. Right. I don't know. Just might as well use it now and then ask it more, you know, type yeah. of, uh, like, I'm here. <laughs> I think that's a good outlook. Um, yeah. All right. So, yesterday, dude, I actually presented, because um, my main job is I'm doing social media, video, photo, and, you know, creative direction, and media management for Jamil, who is a, uh, a, a mm -hmm. real estate coach. And you met him. That was so fun yeah. when we met in yeah. uh, Austin. But I presented to, you know, 200 people last night for an hour on just like Instagram strategies and TikTok strategies and how to actually post. Like there's people asking like, what's the story? And I was like, oh, okay, we got to like start at the <laughs> very beginning. You know, that's crazy. And so they're all in real estate investing and I'm trying to put my mind in their shoes of like, okay, how, how, if I were you guys, what would I use Instagram for? And what would I share? And I was telling them like educational content is big entertainment, sharing the highs, the lows, like just mm -hmm. if you, if you have a cool phone call or something interesting happened, share that. And so there's like, mm -hmm. you know, mindfulness and strategy that goes into what you're doing on social media. And I know that that applies, especially to being a pro BMX rider. So what, yeah. are your tips for social media for because you're fairly good at it like you've grown your instagram and like what what are some tips that you would give to you know a young bmx kid who's trying to grow on instagram and it's, it doesn't even it's not cringe i kind of apply the same rule yeah what's your social media strategy the same rule well i kind of apply the same rule as i do for everything is uh if I care about, if you care about it, then you, some, someone's going to care about it. So like, it's not necessary to like go all the way out and then go out of your way to like make crazy production for like posts to like think too far, too crazy. Yeah. When, yeah. And like, it might not work, you know? And if you don't care about it, like it's going to show that you went out of your way. It's going to sound like, sounds like, it looks like puffed up yeah. and that never sells. And I realized that the more you care about something or you like something, and it might be like a bad clip, like like a iPhone clip, like someone feeling like bad, but it's kind of cool. Or you like it, or you care about it, that people are gonna react to it that more than a crazy production. Yeah, and it kind of applies with everything. So I'm just sticking to like, what do you want to see? Like I use Instagram pretty much, so like I post stuff that I want to see on my page, kind of. Yeah. Or my story, I kind of make it uh, stuff that I looked at during the day that I liked or clips or whatever that's I don't know what I wanted to see turns out like a lot of people also like to see it because I cut it with a because my taste like is alright or so might as well just trust, trust yourself and like post what you think is cool and make it cool like instead of like trying to follow like a 
trends and stuff like that, but it's buffed up. Like you didn't really care for it. I agree. I think that's, dude, I'm stealing that. And I'm going to tell them like if, Mm -hmm. if it's something, Mm -hmm. do what you like seeing, you know, like if you care about that way, at least there's one fan that's you, you know, and then you you might, you might, you might, it might might be like, uh, it communicates, you know, like people might become a fan because you're a fan and it's inspiring, you know? Yeah. And you don't want to come across as just like you're trying to force it to yeah. get views and shit. You just want to post yeah. what, what you like. That's interesting. Um, yeah. What other type of... Because like, I think a lot of writers just do clips. They don't even... They do ain't, no other types of content. Are you mm-hmm. are you just doing BMX clips or is there more to it? <clears throat> no, I mean... I still post just like random pictures or just like lifestyle pictures also, but uh, I don't do yeah too much stuff. Yeah. Is there, a, the is, there a, is there a cadence, like an amount of posts per day that you aim for? Is there? Uh, no, it's pretty random according to like what I'm doing. It could yeah. be like uh, 50 stories in one day because I'm at Swamfest and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm chilling at home for like a couple of days and like my mom's calling me like, oh, I didn't see anything on Instagram. Like, are you good? <laughs> are you all right? Yeah, yeah, I was just... I was just <laughs> Yeah. Not doing much. Like, no, there's days where I don't, don't even open it. But I love yeah, having. So I to keep a rhythm. Around. I love. I love my mom. She's also a fan on Instagram and Facebook yeah. stories and all that shit. Yeah, that's how uh, I keep track a little bit. How are you monetizing Instagram at all? No, you I keep... can't. Yeah, I need the. Uh, you need a social security number. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. So I guess it's only happening in the US, you know, so like no one else gonna really do it. Yeah. Well, what's it gonna when are you gonna become a mm, <clears throat> never mind. Let's see. <laughs> Where do we go? No, it's in the work. Might yeah. take a might take a couple of years still. Okay, yeah. Because the green card process is uh when you file for it, it, it takes a year. And it takes months, like probably six months to gather everything together. And I just had to like, you know, I just start over because I, you know, separated with my ex and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a long process, but eventually I actually started, I got in touch with the immigration lawyer like recently. So kind of giving me clues on what, what's best, uh, you know, action, what, what should I do kind of. Yeah. How to make getting, it happen. Getting there. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. That's exciting. You're going to become an yeah. American citizen, right? That's cool. That's, <laughs> that's dope. Um, oh. Well, let's do our little, the the traditional Canode Nose rapid fire section. Hit me with your Mount Rushmore of uh, all time riders. And then we'll do all timers. Yeah. We'll do current and all time. So all time Mount Rushmore. What do you think? Well, Garrett, for sure. And. I'd say Devin. Love Devin. Ju- Julian Ortega, but it's more recent, but he's been around for so long, actually. So I think that counts. He has been around for a long time, even though it yeah. feels like it. In my head, he's still like common crew, young little shit. But now he's he's a he's a grown ass man now at this point. Yeah. So swaggy. That video that just came out was so good. Just recently, like every, yeah. I mean, it's been a while. It's a while. He has such a cool style and trick selection. I love watching Julian ride. Yeah, it's like jazz. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And then older. 
There's so many. I think Van Omen for like the beginning. But Boom. There and I just saw him last weekend. That's a fun all-time Mount Rushmore. <laughs> okay, now now current. Oh, you were you were talking current. Oh, that was your later. current one. No, no, but like I didn't okay. know you were gonna ask for current after. Yeah, let's do current now. Mm, all right. Well, Felix will be in there. And um, he's incredible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Brett, Brett, be cool. Brett Silva. Yeah, dude, he is at the top On of the one, game right now. The, yeah, at the moment. Wow, can we get? He um, likes Brett. He likes Brett. So hard. Nathan, Nathan Williams. Oh, Nathan would be more in uh, legend the yeah. old time one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I mixed them up. That's why I'm in now. <laughs> Devin would have been in the current one. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, fuck it, dude. Who cares? It's a silly, <laughs> silly, fun question. It's really hard yeah. to do. When I when I got yeah. asked, I was like, "Oh shit!" Because you automatically are thinking about everybody that you're leaving out. Yeah. There's so many talented writers too. Mm-hmm. Um, like R. Willie. I was just talking about him Ooh, with Johnny. Uh, the dude. recent one, definitely the Japanese kid. Uh, what's his name? The 11-year-old? The, the young kid, Suzuki. Yeah. yeah. He's so swaggy oh, yeah. and only 11 years old. It's unbelievable. Basil? 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 From Switzerland? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Put me on. What's his, uh, what's his Instagram? 22-something. 22 something is his instagram yeah no no that's no, actually like something. the number two 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 crew yeah. yeah two two crew and then the last video that was in... oh it's kb22 i think in instagram uh kid two two b yeah basil okay let's yeah. check him out this is a young yeah, buck sick. yeah kid two two check his uh, holy his, shit his, his new video yeah the crank i did see that crank flip clip that is a great but clip. that's like has nothing to do with what he does usually that was crazy that he did that. Dude, he's got he's got swag, dude. A little bowl cut, baggy yeah. jeans. That's my dude. Where's he from? He's like Switzerland. Dope. He would come um, to Long Beach a bunch because he's on Stranger. Dude, so that's sick. With him. Mm-hmm. I'm psyched, psyched on this kid's writing. That's awesome. Okay, anybody else that I don't know that I should know? Well, that's a great one. There's oh, another from the 22 too. crew, the other guy. Um, what is this 22 crew? I've never heard of, but yeah, a little crew of Switzerland. But there's those two guys, like the blonde dude, is also pretty same style, but like wow, just so unique, also. Yeah, who's the other one you said besides uh, Basil? I forgot his name, but uh, Serafina Janosch is that his name? 22 crew, oh, maybe Janosch, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's got to be him. Yeah, yeah, he's looking pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, well, thanks mm-hmm. for putting me on to him. That's dope. I can't, mm-hmm. yeah, Stranger's still kicking it, huh? And Primo. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's like a new era. Yeah, dude. The generation of young kids coming up. Like, mm-hmm. just seeing what's possible. Having Garrett Reynolds' videos available to you when you're just learning tricks and seeing what, like, top of the game looks like. Um, yeah. That's what I was talking to Johnny about yesterday. It's just, it's 
crazy the progression and the fact that everything's so instantly accessible like you can look up a how to 180 on youtube and learn 180s in a single day you know it's it's kind of yeah. crazy and you can have the you have choice you have like who did you look up to when you first got into who was your first like big inspiration on video like not necessarily in person but who were you trying to emulate i think everybody yeah it was definitely like ruben or the ruben. or like i like Joe and Taj, you know. Yeah, Joe Rich, Taj. Joe Rich, Taj, and um, Ruben for a while. And then Kevin Porter also for a while. I was like a huge fan. What's your, what's your favorite uh, Ruben clip? Sergio Leos, dude. So good. But um, yeah. what what pops into your head if you can think of one Ruben clip? I have the one in mind. 270 Weep. Head. Maybe the 270 Weep. Like, uh, oh, that wall ride, no footer to tapes. Like, wall ride, no footer to tapes. Yeah. Where? Yeah, I guess I gotta watch in some forward. more videos. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. In forward, yeah. What's the is is it in forward that he rides that building? I think it's a bank, but it's just like two banks over and a fence. wall, and it's just over oh. a stair set. He just rides up one bank, wall rides over, and then just slams into the other bank and rides away. Like it sounds like his tire oh. pops and explodes, and it's one of the craziest wall rides I've ever seen. Yeah, that's that's my favorite Ruben clip. Oh yeah. And, just thinking about Sergio Leos is still out there killing bowl contests. Yeah. Like he's For been real. going since, you know, he's been going at least 20 years, at least he's been writing. Yeah. What a fucking yeah, I was buying, I was buying a signature part Pantera when I was like, yeah, 14. So yeah, that was my first bike was a fly Pantera. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the forks too and bars. I remember buying uh, $90 Ruben pedals that were, you know, they were a hundred dollar pedals, which was, you know, that's insane. Yeah. Pretty expensive for pedals, but they were cool. I was stoked on Ruben. The, I remember when I started, when I went to my first bike shop, the Ednis Forward DVD uh, video came out and that's when DVDs were coming out. So they had the VHS version and the DVD version still. Sick. Yeah. I was like at that era, but the DVD I remember was 60 bucks. Wow. So like I ended up buying the VHS because it was like 30. Yeah. <laughs> like now you can get, there's no DVDs anymore. Like. Yeah, for real, DVDs are dead. $60 for a video. It was a whole industry, man. Like the mm -hmm. Shook, like right, Chad Shackelford, I think, was making a living off of BMX videos for a while, just like on DVD mm -hmm. sales and just the DVD era. I caught the tail end of it with Mediocre at Best getting distributed by Sparkies and seeing like, mm -hmm. you know, thousands of copies were made and distributed to bike shops all over the world. It was so fucking Damn, cool to sick. be a part of, but that was the basically end of Sparky's doing DVDs. Um, they did yeah. their own stuff from then on, but yeah, DVD sales sure. kind of died around like 2012, 2013. It's kind of yeah. crazy. And now everything is just like a digital download. What do you think is download. the future of distributing full length videos? It's just going to be YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like no, just uh, YouTube or you could like show it, present it as like a package, like you're buying a DVD, but it's definitely not. I think there should still be DVDs, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter, but it's definitely going to go, yeah, the way it's going where you can buy it online because sounds kind of nice. Maybe even like cheaper stuff that go like 99 cents. I think that's right. the way to go. That way there's more sales. Like, Yeah, I but, agree. It's trippy to think know. about the the future and how we're going to consume media and things like, cause you know, you go back, if you went back in time, 25 years, you wouldn't, and you, you would never picture the iPhone and how 
magical this device is you know like this is so this is so crazy and so Mm -hmm. what are we not thinking about that's going to be out in 10 years that we can't even wrap our heads around like something like Neuralink being into our brains and we're like oh you want to see that new video just think about it and then you can like close your eyes watch it yeah so nuts dude the future is going to be fucking crazy are you going to get it I, i think i already know your answer but do you know what Neuralink is yeah, no, I know. I've, I've, yeah. I've would you would you do it in the future? I don't think so because I want to compete with the. Because sometimes I think AI is dumb. I want to put a hashtag AI is dumb because like you see all the crazy stuff that it can do. And you see those paintings, right? That AI is painting. Yeah, yeah. It's like it looks like a picture. Like sometimes yeah. they make it look like it's a photograph, but then they would have like twelve fingers, right? Like yeah. toes. Like there's like all their extremities, or someone is holding a cup. Everything looks perfect, but you look you look closely, and the the fingers are like merging with the object. Yeah, like there's just something. Like off. if you're so smart, like why would you? Five, <laughs> five, you meant as a five fingers. Just remember, yeah. <laughs> write it down, and that's it. Like why can't you remember that, that? Stupid computer. <laughs> so we always have the yeah. We always have, we're always going to have the advantage being like human, like free, like you know, you can yeah. predict a computer kind of because it's a program, but as a human, you can kind of like flip and change your mind in a second. Emotions, like it's a war. And if you entertain that and be better at being human, then you can actually compete with AI. Like, it's so wild. Yeah. Well, that's like it's interesting. Av- avoiding the AI taking over is what I think Elon was talking about. It like just yeah, becoming just, yeah. symbiotic with it. And exactly, yeah. I've seen that press conference. Yeah. They were saying that I was like, "Well, that makes sense. Okay, but you do it." It's trippy to think about. Um, yeah. I just got a call from my neighbor. Yeah, I got to go get my dog. My dog ran away real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, give me, give me two two minutes. Sorry. Sorry, dude. I let Trip hang out out front sometimes, and he usually just stays around. But I just got a call from my neighbor while you were talking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, he ran away. So he was just like mm-hmm. doing doing laps around my complex. Anyway. He's oh, a good boy. We're talking about AI and yeah, he is a good boy. He's, he doesn't really, he doesn't want to like escape. He just wants to get some exercise. Poor fellow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, do you got a, does uh, your girlfriend have a pet? Yeah, actually. Yeah. She's got that little dog. Oh, sick. Hell yeah. Frankie. It's pretty cool. I'm so happy for you and having a place yeah. to live and a, a woman to love. It's, it's a yeah, beautiful no, it's thing. Been amazing. Man. Yeah, life's good. Been amazing out of the blue, just came out of nowhere, but that's how it goes. I remember perfect. it wasn't too long ago you were talking about riding a wave. You were, you know, at the bottom part of a yeah. wave. And yeah. And I kinda of wasn't looking for it. I wasn't like expecting that at all. I was like, well, why am I just focused on myself and everything for a while? Just trying to like submerge, like get back to the surface kind of. Yeah. And then came around kind of quicker than expected. It was like Fuck yeah. That's how it goes. Um feeling. What about, you know, advice on love? I feel like you've, you're in touch with spiritual connection and what are, what would be your advice to young, young dudes when it comes to women <laughs> or, you know, or men, whatever yeah. you're into, but just mm-hmm. love, love in general. I feel like that notion of a serving or being like here for like to serve instead of being served is like a very important Instead of trying to take, 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 you have to be ready to provide. And usually, I mean, not every time, because things you got, obviously, I've been through different situations that were kind of bad, but. Um, That's a really good piece of advice right there. Just give, yeah. give, give. 
give, give, give. And then at some point you end up receiving, receiving, receiving. Yeah. So you're always frustrated if you want to take, 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 and you're always frustrated because there's always something going to be missing and it like, you know, drains the other person. Yeah. It's like uh, toxic. Yeah. Talk. But if you're yeah. ready to give more you know, expecting on receiving, then you're kind of like always satisfied. If you take pleasure in like, you know, giving or being yeah. there. If you're only giving for the expectation of receiving, you're going to get let down and be resentful yeah. and that's no good. And then angry. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes toxic. And the advice for a toxic relationship is get the fuck out quick. Cause yeah. you know, there's really at, after yeah. you reach a certain age, there's no, you know, fixing anybody. You're like, Oh, mm -hmm. they'll change. And it's like, no, they won't, you know, they mm -hmm. might change for a little bit, but the toxic shit will carry on. Yeah. Um, and also not to discourage because obviously like I've been through different, many relationships but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or so the right person is not there it's like it's like exactly like writing you know like you fall so much but you know like you can get it you know you can the trick yeah. is there like you, you have to be of the picture in your head like I know I'll get it maybe maybe it's not the right spot maybe it's not the right day maybe it's raining maybe blah blah it's like right yeah you know discourage and still be like forget yourself and the other person because they're also struggling like you know so what I'm hearing Stop is you're saying girls are tricks. Got to pull. <laughs> pull some tricks, dog. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'd like to know out of all the shit that you've done, gee, dude, thinking about how much time you've spent in front of the camera on a bike, what do you, what's, uh, what sticks out as your, what are you most proud of when you're looking back on projects or individual clips? What, what is your opus magnum, if you will? I think that's the right term, right? What's that's, there's yeah. a term for like your masterpiece. Mine would be mediocre oh. at best. Your opus magnum, oh, yeah. I think. I feel like it would be balance the India video for sure. That one Somehow, was very special. It's, I think it's the, the one of the video that I have like on, on YouTube that has the most view up to still, still up to today. Ninety four thousand. Is that the yeah? And yeah. the one that people keep like bringing up like all the time mainly even Is though it's balance years now yeah it's pretty fantastic and it's it's not so much like a there's great, like best writing great video. writing in it but it's yeah but it yeah, tells a story was, was the point yeah exactly and i feel like people got it and i mean it, like it showed kind of that was my goal and uh, when we decided to go there i almost thought that we were not going to find anything to write and i mean i didn't really know but it kind of went fine so it's not the best writing for sure but like it's more like the whole thing is like came out perfect it's an experience and you get to come yeah. along with you on this journey it's so dope i think there needs to yeah. be there i mean i keep saying this but there needs to be more of that and that's that type yeah. of stuff you can show to somebody who's doesn't necessarily know all the technical aspects of bmx but they still get yeah. a kick out of it because you're showing them yeah. the culture of a different place yeah. and i think uh i think that's important and mm -hmm. the the name is perfect. Finding the balance between you know sharing, uh, just experiencing a place, and also yeah. doing a couple of bike tricks. Yeah. And the the beautiful music in there, which is was so yeah, awesome. Actually. Ooh, if Ryan Navazio is commenting, one of the best videos yeah. I've seen in a long time. Let me share my screen real quick. Uh, right there. So one of the I best best videos I've seen in a long time. Thanks for keeping my eyes glued to the screen for nine minutes. That's so dope. The most atmospheric yeah, cool. BMX video ever. Okay, word. I I feel like I'd be proud of this too. How about mm -hmm. riding clip wise? Um, what do you think is your favorite riding clip that you've done? Well, there'll be those two tie rides that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. For sure. Dude, that, the Seattle one is so fucked. I can't believe you did it five times. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
was like unnecessary but i was like if i if i leave right now then i'm not getting the actual angle and i know i'm gonna regret it my, my entire life so i was like it's kind of worth trying again yeah worth it yes too but the what could go wrong too was kind of kind of nice like the whole, as a whole is pretty pretty nice and then i like the, the last one also the one in la the um the frame promo kind of yeah who'd you think that in same same pedro own promo let's see the intro clip also i was pretty stoked because i haven't done like that big of a gap in in a while i was like oh i didn't know i had it in me still like 11 months ago yeah let's see let's let's watch this one together and relive it all right slow motion intro let's go yeah this one this one give, give me a uh let's just trust oh and it comes into color i love that damn that's a good clip tire i tuck no hander so being able to do all the tricks like tuck no hander bar spin tail whips what do you think is your favorite trick to do i love that did you hit your handlebar on that yeah, I love play. those. That's that's the Jerry's move, the, the yeah. handlebar taps. The thing. That's a fun clip, just doing the hill bomb right there. Mm -hmm. And the guy that picks me up on the way up. Like yeah, right that's sick. I love that. That's a vibe. Oh, the X up to drop X up is pretty sick, dude. Mm -hmm. That's a great video. Yeah, I like that one. No, I'd say just bar spins in general because it's so simple and like it's like one of the best crank flips. Uh, K whips, no, I guess tail whips would be the best, but I wish I could do them more without hurting myself. But... Yeah, tail whips seem like even when you land them, sometimes it, it hurts. Yeah. Like... Nolly to X up grind to bar spin out, so sick. X up grinds to bar spins are they look extra hard because it's a yeah. Cool. Yeah. one and a half rotations of your mm -hmm. of your baz. Which so which trick you said um tail whips if you could do them without getting hurt would be it but yeah. bar, bar spins what's the best Definitely feeling x, x, bar x pegs bar is actually pretty sick i could do them like my eyes closed pretty much like a x, x bar, pegs bar on the ledge yeah they're like automatic that's dope there's a way to do them where you like just sling the bars like without without hopping yeah i love how that looks like the yeah. iconic one i think edwin did one a long time ago i love mm -hmm. this goofy fun trick dude that's a good yeah. one Kevin Porter. Is that a KP grind right there? Yeah, I used to do that. I remember copying it often when I was like feasting. Hell yeah. I want to talk to Kevin on here. I uh, I got to like, mm -hmm. he's one of the ones where I would have to like study because he was a little bit before my generation and I, oh, yeah. you know, I need to learn more about him before mm -hmm. talk to him. Who uh, produced this video? Who shot it and edited it? Uh, Stefan. Yeah. Yeah, Booty. You can tell yeah, his, his style. He's mm -hmm. he's good, man. He's got a very yeah. unique, or maybe not unique, yeah. but a specific filming style and editing mm -hmm. style. Yeah. Like sometimes he'll put it's... filmed and edited by Stefan just like in the middle of the video randomly. Yeah, yeah. that's what he did pretty much, but I, I kind of like at the end still. But... Am I watching this on like two times speed right now? Yeah, it's kind of a weird like uh, speed. No, it's normal. It's just because it's over Zoom. Mm. Dude, was that, that was a crook, yeah? Yeah. That was wild. And my pegs or bars, I got like hit the, the fence on that. The first time. So tight. Spooky. Good shit. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, that. this one. 
And someone was saying, like, oh, tire slide to, like, hand plant. Oh, dude, yeah. And then that's not what I was going for, but it was so short, and my tires actually slide a little bit. And for yeah. a brief second, it's pretty much, like, double tire slide. That's so cool. This one. Dude, yeah. And, like, they pretty much just, like, cancel the spot right after, like, a month after. They oh, build, my like, God. Fences. Yeah, I remember this clip, like, it was yesterday. Oh my God. Just doing the tire ride would be enough. And you'd send the alley oop three <laughs> out of it. So good, man. Nice. If I recall, that's the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. <clears throat> Dope. Man, I enjoyed catching up with you. I think we can. Yeah, that was nice. There's a lot more to cover, I think. But. You know, we gotta yeah. we gotta call it for the day. So come back and do this again, maybe if you ever come through Arizona or whenever you feel yeah. like if some maybe if you got some plan. project dropping, come hit me up. That was the plan, huh? Mm -hmm. If you're yeah. gonna drive I was through. coming through, but my car broke down. Yeah, fuck, I remember. I stayed in Santa Fe. Um, yeah, thanks, Jerice. Yeah, you got, thank you, bro. You got any general advice you would want to give to um some whoever's listening or watching? Mm. Snow, like keep doing you. Everyone's be you're all beautiful and just like just don't stress it, just do your best and and let yeah, the universe do the rest. It's fine. I love that. We only How... can do so much, you know, like people like take it on their shoulders a lot and then Yes. Just take it one little step at a time. Make a to do mm -hmm. list and check one thing off. It feels good to Yeah. A couple of days ago. The right way. It's a beautiful Place still a couple days ago i felt so overwhelmed and then just because there's so many things going on and in, in the air and i'm trying to do too much not necessarily too mm -hmm. much but then as soon as i yeah. made a to-do list and started chipping away at it one one thing gets done and i'm like ah okay yeah. i feel better yeah it's just like that was like nice thing yeah yeah i think if you're moving in the right direction no matter how fast or slow you are as long as you're moving you're you're doing good and mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah. I got a workout in and or a couple of workouts in and I was like, oh, OK, yeah, I remember why this is important to do. Like mm -hmm. yeah. working Seems out like changes you. your brain so hard and your gut health. And yeah. I'm yeah, I'm rambling now. Never give up. Never give up. Never surrender. Uh, mm -hmm. how, how can people support you? Like if they want to well, show love to you. To, yeah, follow my Instagram and like uh, maybe Swasti, check it out. The brand is like tight. Like the link is on my uh, profile. Okay. And just, yeah. So if I, uh, thanks for watching and, um, yeah. do you want to do like a little giveaway? If somebody comments swasti on this video, we can go through and I'll buy them. I could a actually have a home bike, like shirt sitting or... here. You got a bike to give away? I mean, I was just thinking cause it was like my whole bike is like complete and just sitting there, but yeah. Well, that's that might a, bit be a lot. Much. I don't know what to do with it yet. Yeah. That's a lot. Do that somewhere else. We Let's could just do, give away a shirt, a shirt for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think that, people should do to enter the contest they should just dm me cannot knows and whoever sends it first gets it okay nice i love that first come first shirt mm -hmm. first come first shirt dope yeah, so uh, dude that's wild so if somebody listens and makes it all the way to the end right here and you send mm -hmm. jerry's a dm saying canode knows you get a free shirt shit that's fun that's cool that's funny that's kind of cool. they never do it that way where it's the first one like contests that's mm -hmm. great it's, it's whoever is uh 
it's whoever's up early enough to watch this at 7 a.m. on Monday morning. Lucky, lucky him, you know. Yeah, lucky them. Or he or she. There's 1% of the yeah. Canode Knows audience is female. So mm -hmm. that's that's an awful lot of women. That's like one whole woman that listens. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look at which Monday this, this comes out on. So this will mm -hmm. come out on Monday the 13th of uh, mm. March. Nice. Dope. Okay. Dope. Uh, DM Jerice on Instagram. Canode Knows when this drops and you get yourself a free shirt. Oh, mm -hmm. dude, while you're here, let's do this. I, <laughs> there was like, I don't even know at this point, 12 episodes ago or 10 episodes ago, I did a contest where I said I would buy a burn slow shirt for somebody in the comments. So maybe you can help me. Let's go mm -hmm. to Canoe Knows. Uh, I think it's Aaron Ross. And see the comments. Let's see. Yeah, dude, I have to pick a winner from this. Okay, sort by newest first, I guess. Uh, you do like the random pick, or do you do like, yeah, like, just random, random pick. So you tell me when to stop. Yeah, the shamble go back in. That's it. Close my eyes. Okay. Going up. Going up. Stop. Stop. Brett Silva. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Well, next guy below. Okay, Tyler Nichols. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, Brett. Brett. Brett, Brett already gets free burn slow shirt, so let's Sorry, go. Brett. Tyler Nichols, you win, bro. There we go. Uh, send me a DM on IG, and I'll get you a shirt. Um, <laughs> that'll do it. Let's see. Yeah. I wonder if links work in the, okay, just, just hit reply. Okay, there we go. That's that. Ooh. Thank you, Jerry's. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. Love you, man. Yep. I hope we see you soon in person. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Hello, you've reached the end of the video. Thank you for watching that episode of Canode Knows. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did doing it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good ass day. I appreciate every single one of you. I mean it. Fucking nerds.